Hey, all you creatures from cyberspace. Thanks for joining us on another episode of the Grave Talk Podcast. My name is Mark. Again, joined with Garrett and John. Fellas, it's a lovely Sunday outside. The weather is finally dipped out of the inhospitable. And I've actually gone outside and walked the dogs again. It's nice. It is nice. I agree. Mm-hmm. I hope we just picked up me chewing ice right next to my microphone, so I apologize. Uh, we're keeping it professional here. Yeah. <laughs> How you guys been doing? Pretty good. Yeah? Yeah, hanging in there. What have you been up to since last time? Um, He's been studying woodworking. Yeah, definitely. No, actually wood identifying. I look at things and go, wood, not wood, wood, <laughs> not wood. Uh, it's, it's a very fulfilling hobby. Uh, now, I've been watching a lot of movies, but, but a lot of rewatches. Uh, I rewatched Crawl. That was fun. That's the alligator one, The alligator one, one. yeah. It wasn't half bad. I liked it just like I liked it the first time. Um, And then I saw the most recent wrong turn. Uh, For those interested in my thoughts on wrong turn movies, there's a whole quickie. Mm -hmm. But the most recent one is weird and not very wrong turny at all and not good. it It holds up to that part about not being good. How many wrong turns until you make a right turn? Ooh. You I mean, what? really? That's what they ask themselves every time they wrong turn. <laughs> Someone should put up a sign. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, really. I watched. I rewatched Paranormal Activity three. I still think that's the best Is one. Is that the marked ones? No, no, that's no. just three. It's the one in the eighties. Okay, okay. And it has the fan. The fan. Yeah. The oscillating fan. Um, I think that's it. And number oh. two, number two is the one with the connect, right? No. I think number four is. Okay. I thought it was number two for the longest time, and someone told me I was wrong. No, okay. I, yeah, I think it's four with, with little hunter. Listeners get at us. Is Mark wrong? Actually, it was listener Chris. He's the one that put me in my place. He's like, God dang it. That Xbox 360 is in number four, you moron. Good job, Chris. I don't know Keeping if he sounds honest. like that. I don't think he sounds like that. <laughs> I hope he does. And then I watched Slother House on Hulu. Oh, boy. Not very horror, but actually a real fun movie. If you like something like the Happy Death Day kind of vibe to a film, it's like that kind of, it just doesn't take itself serious. It's very in on the joke, but it's also good. It was a fun 90 minutes. It's a quality film, not say like something like Tsunami. No, no, no. It's well made. It is a, it is a, uh, the, the craft of filmmaking is alive and well okay. in Slaughter House. <laughs> yeah, it's an example of someone coming up with the title first and then figuring out the rest of the movie later. They even say the title in the movie. Of course they do. Yeah, it's one They're of the very be- proud of that. It's in the trailer. It's one of the better jokes. Yeah. So I'm sure the writer was at a bar. It was like, I got it. A eureka moment. Slaughter House. Look, <laughs> I mean... The fact that, that they came up with that and then managed to write a movie around it, that's a talent. We come up with all kinds of great ideas in this podcast, and they're like, well, somebody else do that. <laughs> Pick it up the baton and continue running yeah, with it. I'm an ideas man. That's it. Well, Garrett, revisited a bunch of old stuff, uh, watched Doctor Sleep again. Fucking banger film. Love it. That movie is so good. It does not get enough love. Went back and watched a couple of the Nightmare on Elm Streets. That's the Freddy. Yeah, Nightmare on Elm Streets. Uh, two through five. I, I got to say, man, Freddy is not my dude. Interesting choice to start with two. Well, because I know one so well. I watch uh, okay. one pretty regularly. Like he really enjoys that scene where the PE coach is just whipping that boy's bare ass. Mm, yeah. You know, right. look, if you can't Fair enjoy enough. life, what are you living <laughs> yeah. for? You know what I'm saying? Again, I, I totally get why they're popular. It's just, man, Freddy is just not for me. I don't know why. Even three? Enjoyable, but no, it's the other characters I care more about than Freddy. Like, Freddy just annoys me most of the movies. But the concept of like getting killed in your dreams is still fucked up. I don't know. I guess it's because he's just too goofy. Anyway, also watched The Crow Wicked Prayer last night Mm. for all my spooky Halloween season people. Why? Why not (laughs) is the question. Out of all the crows. Out of of all the crows. Why not just stick with the original? 
Because I watched it originally the other day. I posted about it on our social media. Oh, you're just Bro, going down. The Remember Batsub viewing? Oh, that's right. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> you're like, oh, that. Now it's all making sense. <laughs> what is the definitive Halloween movie for you guys? Like, oh, it's the season. This is what I'm throwing on. You wouldn't necessarily throw it on. Like, we watch horror movies all year yeah. long. So some people are like, it's the spooky time. We're going to make my kids watch a. I swear to God, John, if you say Hocus Pocus, I'm cutting your mic. Duh, it's Hocus Pocus 2. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the low-hanging fruit answer, but probably the most is like trick-or-treat. I think that it's just such a great encapsulation of the Halloween mood. Which they are actively working on a sequel right now for. The, the director said he's like, things are in motion. What's yeah. that little guy's name? Sammy? Sam, Sam. Sam, yeah. Okay. Why would it be not done by Halloween? It's going to be like released in February. <laughs> <laughs> It'll probably be for next year. Halloween 2. It's yeah. now going to take place in May. <laughs> well, the, second, the SAG strike still going. Oh, that's so right. That's everything's right. on yeah. hold. Even Deadpool's getting pushed back. True. Hang in there. Hang mm. in there, actors. We got your back. I, I, I just go with Halloween. The, the original. original Halloween. Yeah. Good choice. But it's not very Halloweeny though. What well, there's that got a pumpkin. Halloween <laughs> <laughs> takes place on Halloween. Yeah, that's fair. You yes. know, uh, my wife's trying to make me watch something called Halloween Town, and I feel like I should refuse. Is this a Hallmark that. movie? I think it's some Disney show or something. I don't know. Huh. Anyway, I have that to look forward to. All right. <laughs> Maybe it's good. Going with an open mind, Mark. Okay, you're right. I'm. I, you know, it's not super scary, but I got to go with Nightmare for Christmas. I always watch that around Halloween. I not know Christmas, though. I, you look, there's a lot of thoughts on this right now. <laughs> Anytime right. before Christmas, the nightmare takes place. Okay, okay that's not, fair. Look, if we want to argue about something, we need to argue about the McDonald's boo buckets, not matching the pictures that are on the sides. All right. Mm. There's a there's one that looks like pumpkin, but it's a skeleton. The, the green one is not a witch anymore. It's Oh, these are new else. designs. Yeah, they're new. Yeah. Why it's would a, they it's re- a vampire. No, the purple one's a vampire. I don't remember what it is on top of my head, but yeah, it's all fucked up. Check it out. It's all messed up. Listeners. I don't know how you could fuck something like that up. Just look what you used to have and make that again. They already That's did That's all that. you got to do. I think they did that last year. So uh, I guess they're like, this is the sequel to the buckets. Are they still serving Grimace shakes? Did we miss that whole thing? I think we missed that one. Dude, that meme was the best though. People <laughs> dying from the Grimace shake. It was pretty good. <laughs> All right. Well, Garrett, do we have any news? We do have some news. Listeners, pay the fuck attention. This is really important. So uh, life being life, us being adults with things to do, stuff going on. We are taking a short hiatus. The Grave Talk is taking a break. And we don't do this very often. And we thank you guys for your patience and understanding. But we're going to be not doing new episodes until 2024. So we got a back catalog of almost 200 episodes. So there's plenty for you guys to do. Feel free to go back and listen to some of our greatest hits, such as um, Seals, such as Seals. <laughs> Damn it, Mark. Uh, no, for reals, uh, we are taking a short break uh, for the rest of the year. Uh, we thank you all for sticking with us for so long. When we come back, we'll have some cool stuff planned. Uh, we are going to be making a little bit of content uh, during this time. So we'll be able to recap a few things that happened over this holiday season. Um, but yeah, if you have any questions on that, reach out to us. But other than that, We'll see you guys in 2024. So this will be the last episode of 2023. Whoa. Uh, Happy Halloween. Happy Thanksgiving. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Happy Kwanzaa. Happy Hanukkah. Dude, cover it all. Okay, straight up. I went into fucking Home Depot the other day. No Halloween stuff. Just Christmas shit. Fucking Christmas. It's not even Halloween yet. Bro, Christmas is encroaching every year, just more and more. There is a fucking war on Christmas, and I'm starting it. Yeah, well, no, Christmas well, is winning. Yeah, the Christmas war. started the war. Yeah, and they are winning, okay? We're coming for you, July 4th. Uh, You're next. Yeah. Oh, I did forget one. Speaking of bad news, to cap on the Garrett's bad news, I also saw The Nun 2. Uh, my only... Oh. Just don't. Don't watch it. 
Was, I knew it was going to be bad. Oh, it was, you think that, then you go in and it's worse. It is worse than you think it's going to be. It makes the the nun look like a good film. So, wow. Yeah, it's so bad, man. Does that opinion still hold water knowing that you have terrible takes on movies, John? No, I have the best takes. Okay, cool. Yeah. I also uh, like, normally like bad movies. So if I'm telling you, it's, I've watched the original Nun probably five times. So Why? I, well, a lot of times it was for this podcast. No, uh, it wasn't. <laughs> we did that one time and I've never watched it again. Uh, then I did a Conjuring <laughs> ranking quickie. All right. So I'd okay. watch it for he, that. He's, he's gone through it. He's gone through it. Uh, but, and, and just side note, if you do include John's quickies in our, our shorts, We've done well over 200 things, and we've got the YouTube channel with all mm-hmm. our playthroughs that nobody watched. I can see how many views we've had. <laughs> Go watch that stuff. We're watching you not watch it. <laughs> but no, seriously, yeah, thank you all for, for listening for this long. We will be back. Um, we are just taking a short break. If you have any uh, recommendations, we know stuff's going to be coming out for the next couple months. Feel free to hit us up. Our social medias are still going to be up, our SoundCloud, things like that. The website is going down. So um, the website's not going to be the, the the base hub for the, uh, the Grave Talk stuff anymore. So if you do want to find our episode, when we come back, they're going to be all on SoundCloud and iTunes, you know, normal places that you get them. We just won't actually be housing them on um, our own site. Again, just FYI, that's another small change happening. But right. If you're listening on Spotify and iTunes, you will continue to listen on Spotify and iTunes. This is only affecting our website itself. So, all right. Well, now that the housekeeping's out of the way, we went and saw Exorcist colon Believer from 2023. This one was directed by David Gordon Green. Of Halloween 2018 fame. And Halloween Thrills and Halloween Kills and Halloween Schmills and all the other ones that he did Schmills, after. Schmills, that was my favorite. Yeah, was yeah. Shamil, Shamazel. <laughs> Lousy smart way. Mazel tov. <laughs> Written by David Gordon Green and Peter Sattler. I think also Danny McBride had a hand in maybe not the exact screenplay, but he wrote some of the stuff too. Hmm. This one has been the first Exorcist movie since when, John? I'm going to rely on you a little bit for this exorcist uh, knowledge. Oh, off the top of my head, I don't. It'd be early to the mid 2000s. I don't remember if Dominion or Exorcist: The Beginning was first or second. Which uh, one? Didn't came they come first? out the same year? Yeah, so they they came with two Exorcist prequel movies because of rights issues, and they're both bad. So they took two bites of the apple and fucked it up both times. Uh, so. Okay. But so, I, I don't remember the exact year. Maybe it's 2007, 2008. In well that over ballpark. a decade since oh, Exorcist yeah. has graced the movie theaters with a new entry. Absolutely. Uh, but we did have a television show that you said was pretty good. Aces. First season, tremendously good. Second season, a bit of a step down, but actually still you know pretty good. But that first season, awesome. And it's on sale right now on Vudu for eight bucks. So go fucking get it. It's a pretty good deal. Yeah. Now, would you fill us in on what's currently canon? Is anything decanonized? Anything like that? Like, what is the current Exorcist universe? My, oh, as far as all this stuff, because yeah. I mean, this new movie, I did not feel like they negated two and three. Well, it does. According to, to the David Gordon Green, this is takes place in a, a separate, like he did with Halloween, like Halloween loves to do. This is a replacement for Exorcist 2 in a, a requel, new can A requel, yeah. A new canon timeline, which it would have to be based on, on some of the things that happened in this movie. So I guess there's two split can like timelines now. There's the original one, which would be one, two, three, and then whichever one of the prequels you prefer. I don't know <laughs> if there's an f- official canon because... Dual cannon. They're, nice. Yeah. Uh, so you can just watch both of them and see which one you hate less. Fire the cannons and pick your poison. Um, okay. Oh, real quick, John. Yes. Are there going to be spoilers in this episode? Oh, hell yeah. How can there not be spoilers? You know us by now. I'm I surprised know, I'm, I made it this I'm, far. I'm, say, I'm surprised you've talked this long and haven't spoiled the end of this movie I already. actually almost did spoil it when I was explaining why it had to be a requel, but I was like, I'll save that for a little bit. Okay. 
Well, here's who's in this one. This one stars Linda Blair's at the top. And it's like, come on. She was in it for two seconds. And I spoil things. <laughs> come on, IMDb. There's a lot of people in this movie. You really only need to know like the dad, the other two parents, and the two kids. Okay. Oh, well, and the nurse. This one stars Ellen Burstyn reprising her role as Chris McNeil. Olivia O'Neill is Catherine. Jennifer Nettles is Miranda. Who fuck's Miranda? <laughs> One of the kids? I guess. Leslie Odom Jr. as Victor Fielding. He's our dad, who uh, the movie's central character. Great actor. Ann Dowd as Anne. Lydia Jewett as Angela. She was one of the possessed girls in this. Norbert Leo Butts as Tony. Norbert Leo Butts? You like that? That's a fucking great name. Oh, I love that Ann Dowd plays a character named Anne. Yeah, real tough work there. Good job. Yeah, Butts, B-U-T-Z, by the way. Nice. Oh, okay. Raphael Sbarge as the pastor. Uh, ben Bladden as cop. Couldn't even give that guy a fucking first name. Ben? <laughs> Wait, who the fuck is Ben Bladden? I thought the cop was a lady. Uh, that's a detective. Oh. EJ e- e- Bonilla as Father Maddox. Oh, yeah, he he does have a big role. Getting punked. Tracy Graves as Sorin Fielding. That's the mother. And Nora Murphy as Hannah. I believe she was the other possessed girl. She was. She's way... How did they do these credits? What cop is is ahead (laughs) of the second possessed girl? (laughs) Thanks, IMDb. Anyway, currently on Rotten Tomatoes. I wait, hold on. I know how polarizing the the initial reactions were this. I'm going to say with critics, 40%. I know, so I can't say. Okay. 22% with the critics. Whoa, holy shit, that's low. It's out of 231 reviews. At the audience score, is at a 59%. Okay. So over half liked it. I thought I was in the minority. Turns out I'm not. A little bit of justification for John there. Woo-hoo. Uh, the budget of this one was $30 million. Currently, it's only made $107 million, considering that they paid $400 million for the rights to this franchise. What? Yes. $400 million for the rights? Yes. They are in the red. Stupid. I don't know. Look, I say this as an unabashed Exorcist fan. It's my favorite movie. Love it. But I don't know how someone could see the track record of Exorcist films and be like, yeah, it's worth about half a billion dollars. you got to imagine you can only go up from the bottom. But even then... Yeah, I mean, they're batting 500, right? They made... Before this one, there was four... No, five films. And only this is worse than 500 because only two of them were any good. Well, this is what I suspect happened. Universal Studios looked at the success with the trilogy of Halloween movies and said, David Gordon Green, we want to do three movies with The Exorcist. We're going to pay up front for the $400 million to get this license, and you're going to do your magic. Yeah, that's because studios are stupid. Like, <laughs> Halloween has a main character. How, you, possession films, by definition. Dr. Loomis, duh. Yeah, you're right. Right, <laughs> by definite, like, it's just going to, oh, this is so stupid. Bad mistake. The Big ma- mistake. You Huge. thought you thought that <laughs> the majority boring, of people didn't like this, and I think the majority of reactions on the internet, at least, have been mostly negative to meh. Yeah. Right. So it's also been reported that David Gordon Green may not necessarily be coming back for the sequel. There's going to be more of these. They paid a lot of money. They're not going to let this go away without trying to recoup somehow. But that might have shaken Universal's faith in David Gordon Green finishing this. But again, when this movie's over, I don't know where you start a second and third movie. Right. It's mostly wrapped up. We know that the second one's called Deceiver, right? So, like, they're going to play something on that if they stick with the original story. But I agree. It feels very standalone. But also, if this means that they jettison David Gordon Green, that's fine. Linda Blair is going to come back. Because she she was involved. She knows how to get inside the demon's head. She survived it. She's going to come out of retirement for one last 
exorcism. That yeah, sounds, I, mark my fucking words. That sounds terrible. The second or third one, she'll have to come out to help. Uh, yeah, she's been practicing, like, because, you know, that's the big thing, right? You have your, your old heroine spend their whole life just training to get back to their villain. We saw it in Texas Chainsaw in Halloween. Mm. So now that's going to show up in Exorcist because, 2. Because the mom's going to be like, you, like she's going to, this is going to restore her faith. She's going to basically continue consulting, knowing that she did the right thing because her daughter's alive, yada, yada, yada. The mom's going to get killed in the second one, which will basically motivate Linda Blair to come back and put a final stop to this demon that's caused way too much. Because at one point in the movie, there's like, remember me? Which, is this Pazuzu? They don't say. confirmed? Movie doesn't bother to tell us. No, that, yeah, they don't They don't say. But it must be if it, well, actually, it doesn't see. But we are the, legion, because remember, they're all right. one and none. And like, they're, the whole concept of stopping the demon doesn't make any sense. You can't kill a demon. That's like, so I don't know what Not they're. Not according to Billy Zane and Demon Knight. Mm, mm. True, true, okay. But in the faith-based universe that this <laughs> takes place in, that's not the purpose of this. These are like, it's like a Job-like experience for people. You're not meant to yeah. win, per se. You just survive. Right. Well, let's pull this back a little bit and just look at the entirety of the exorcism genre. Yes. And compare this to those. On its own, yeah. standalone, let's just forget it's in the exorcist universe for a minute. What do you think of this movie and how does it compare? I think it is good. And I, I think as a exorcism or possession movie, it is a very good one because most of them are terrible. They're all very, very bad. Uh, so this being... You are the country's leading I would think so. exorcist reviewer, I think. I've probably seen hundreds of these. Um, <laughs> most of them are really bad. I've seen The Exorcist about 167 times and it keeps getting funnier every single time I see it. So yes, I think is actually a pretty good exorcist movie. I think that there are some structural flaws in this movie that I picked. So I watched this movie twice already. Uh, and more to come. One more than anybody else in the <laughs> yeah. country. I like how you straightened your That's jacket right. as you said that as though you're like very professional. That's like. right. Well, you know, I'm an expert. I got elbow patches on my tweed jacket. Okay. I'm ready to go. Uh, I think there's some structural flaws. Having two people possessed meant that they didn't have enough time to spend on showing anyone getting possessed. They like disappear, they come back, and then the next day they're demons. Versus like the more standard approach, you focus on one person and then you know, the knocking and, and very slowly you watch this person become possessed. And I think that's what people, maybe were subconsciously picking up. This movie is very long, but felt rushed. There was not enough time for anything. Question two of 568 questions. Mm -hmm. Was it the same demon in both girls or two different demons? We did not answer that question. So yeah. I think to John's point, with something this movie does, and it's one of my gripes about it, is we do not focus on the possessed nearly enough. Mm -mm. It's all about the parents and the community. These and movies never focus on the demons. Like, we never get any, like, demon information. Like, but at Pazuzu's least... Pazuzu's, like, the closest thing we ever got, and we just get a name. Right, but in a lot of exorcist movies, we at least get the named demon yep. at some point. This True. one doesn't say anything. And I don't think we get nearly enough of the possessed doing possessed shit. It's all focused around the dad and the belief system. I get it. The whole movie's titled Believer. But I'm okay with that because, again, out of like 70 exorcism yeah. movies that we've seen, they all do the same shit when they're possessed. They all talk dirty. You know, they all like, it's, right. it's all the same stuff. So I, I honestly, I'm glad we didn't focus on that in this movie. But again, if you're not going to focus on the, the effects, focus on the cause more. I and think they didn't do either. For me, I look at this as like a Godzilla movie. I'm not coming to see all the boring human parts. <laughs> I want to see the monsters fight. I and mean, we needed more. I mean, uh, you're not wrong. They all do the same yeah. shit. It's always the same, like, the power of Christ compels you. And we do that number for like 37 minutes. 
but at least give me more than what you gave me here. I've never wanted it to be more of a visual podcast when they do the thing you were doing with your hands yeah. there, Mark. That's uh, dripping the holy water on the demon. That's what that move is. I don't know because I did no research because I'm a professional, but maybe you came across this. I, when I watched this the second time, I noticed there are some really weird cuts. So I wonder if there's a longer version of this movie out there. Oh, so, no doubt. One of the things that took place during the filming of this is they shot all the stuff with Chris McNeil's character because they were worried about the pandemic and they were worried about how old she was. Mm. So they wanted to make sure they got her stuff shot first. So maybe there's some weird cuts in between there. I, that's something for a second viewing maybe to see. But you're right. The first half of the movie is taking its time. And then the moment we get Chris McNeil's character introduced, this thing is just breakneck paced. Yeah. I did not read the article, but there's an article like making the rounds that basically says the demon that we could have gotten in the Exorcist Believer, the, the thing that they flash at the end. Evidently, that was more in the movie. I don't know how much more. I don't know if they actually speak to it. I don't know if there's like a bigger interaction between, but evidently there was a lot cut with that demon. I believe it. So I would like to know what that was. If they actually communicate directly with like the demon itself, dude, that would have been rad. I think so. I think yeah. it needed that. I think like, and there, I think there's some evidence on the screen that they cut a lot out of this movie. Hannah's dad, there's a subplot missing there that the movie thinks we know about that we don't know. Because he keeps talking about his sins and this, that, and the other thing. And he's like really torn up at one point, like starting at one point of the movie. You're right. And it's like, what the fuck is he talking about? I think we're supposed to just infer that he's living with that choice he made in Havana. No, no, it's the other guy. Oh, the white kids. that The religious yeah. parents. Dude, when the kid's going nuts in the house and they're all like huddled. Yeah. Also, get your fucking house in order, bro. He's like, he's like, we, we were, we're paying for what we did. Right. And I'm like, what did you do? Cut you're right. all that out. I and thought then, you were talking about the other dad. No. And well, the other dad has an interesting thing too. I noticed on the second watching at a certain point in the movie, his hand is suddenly bandaged and we saw oh, they show it. What, what did he do? Yeah. He, um, he gets thrown on the ground and bumps his head. He, like burns his hand. Yeah. He burns his hand at one point. Oh, maybe I missed mm -hmm. that then on two watchings. Go me. <laughs> it was, it was super fast. Oh, okay. Yeah, he, he burned his hand at night and then the morning was bandages when he was making her food. Yeah. All I, right. I forget exactly what he did, but he, they showed it for a split okay, second. Okay. I'll give you that one then. But I think there's like, yeah, there's, there's probably a longer cut of this movie, which of course I would be like, please let me see it. <laughs> well, with any movie, there's always going to be a longer cut usually. So I think for me, my biggest complaint about this movie is the religious Avengers. Well, no, I actually, I, I, I saw that happening and I was like, this is kind of dumb. But for me, I don't think this movie needs to belong in the Exorcist universe at all. No. I think that them paying that money, $400 million to get a name where they didn't even need to have Chris McNeil in this movie. They would have been a stronger movie without its ties to the original. And shout outs to getting her right out of that story quickly. Let's talk about lazy writing tropes that I'm getting very, very tired of. I am very tired of Hollywood writers bringing back legacy characters and barely showing them on screen because they already know that the audience knows the character and has a connection to this character. Therefore, we can spend all of our time focusing on new characters. And when it's time to make the audience have an emotional reaction, we will maim or kill the legacy character. They do this all the time now. Bring back the old guy, kill him. Bring back the old guy, make way for the new characters. Because we. why are you going to see this? Because it's an exorcist property. You want to see these characters. You want to see this universe again. This is a story that does not need to exist in this. And what do they do? They maim one of the main characters from the original when she doesn't need to be this, be in yeah. this at all. Now I have some thoughts on that. One of the coolest scenes in the whole movie though. So first I think that this is a side effect of everything trying to be in like an IP. 
I don't know that Exorcist fans were clamoring to get they definitely weren't any of them back. Like, well, let's ask. Let's let's find out for sure. John, were you clamoring for a new Exorcist? Well, yes, but I don't need I don't need <laughs> legacy characters to return. Is what I mean. Like, I don't need to see Reagan. Well, of course, and, of course. And, Bring the fucking Pazuzu back. I right. know I keep harping on Pazuzu. It's the only name we have, so I apologize, <laughs> listeners. But like, dude, if you want to have this be a legacy thing, have this be a running like this demon's not done fucking with people. Well, that would make sense. But this movie doesn't even go to tell you that hey, it's, no. this happens to be Pazuzu. We leave the movie without knowing who the hell was in the body, and then they change the character to a very annoying amount. So I think this scene, from what I've seen, people are all up in arms about. But I do agree. To me, it's the worst part of the movie. You're talking about the mom character changing? Yeah, the mom. Okay. Uh, I can't remember. Chris, no. Chris McNeil. Chris, Chris McNeil, McNeil, yeah. When she's like, oh, why weren't you in the room with the exorcist <laughs> during the exorcism? And she's like, I don't know, the patriarchy? And it's like, if you were remember, you were fucking falling apart, lady. You couldn't be in there because you were a big negative ball of energy that demons would feed off of. So you had to remove yourself. And she, like, how do you not remember your own history? But I think that, I, I don't know, I didn't mind that line. I thought it was legit. Because again, the Catholic Church at that time, you know. Again, yeah, but that's but, not what happened in the movie. I, <laughs> I know, I know. I'm just saying, I don't think that line was... I know a lot of people single that line out because it's like, it's woke. And it's like, dude, no, I don't care about the woke part. I, know I care don't. about the I'm, canon. Damn I know it. You don't, but I'm just saying like a lot of people, I think really like zeroed in on that line because of that bullshit. But to John's point, it's like either she's too old to remember or it just, it's, it didn't just happen making it up. Yeah. So, um, but that's, that's a writing trope, right? Right. It's another writing. Also trope. evidence of why amateurs should not be fucking doing exorcisms is shown later in the film when it all goes tits up. I love that. She's like, I'm not an exorcist. But let me go see what uh, what's happening with the demon upstairs. Yeah, I'm I, a 90 year old woman left alone. I'm like, what is going on? I think on? we'll get to it. If I'm going to get some head cannon, oh David boy. Gordon Green, maybe I can help you out here. Viewing this as part one of a seat of a of a trilogy, I wonder if this is part of like her sort of saint or hero's journey. Blinding a martyr is very common, yep. and she was also very prideful. Pride is a sin. To think that like she could say, I denounce you, and the demon just leaves. She's like, oh, I won, right? Like, there's a lot of hubris there. So I wonder if this is part of, like, a journey of where... I wish the movie would have said those things on right, screen. Of you yeah. know? A very patriarchal kind of thing to do. No, I'm just <laughs> but that's, like, what, how I was in any way trying to read into it, because otherwise it just seems stupid. I just don't care about that character. I've never given Agreed a shit about on that, that character. Though. I barely care about Linda Blair. Like, honestly, fine. You fucked up. It's like when they bring back Sidney Prescott to scream. I'm like, I don't care about a news reporter. Fucker. Oh, like we're no, done. Gail, Gail. Weathers. Gail Weathers. There we yeah. go. My bad. My that's bad. how much he doesn't care. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it's, it's one of those things where like the moment she was announced, I was like, I could give two shits. Like what's up with the demon? Look, I'm happy that she got a paycheck. Yes. All right. Good for that. Get your money. But to, it doesn't serve the story and to any benefit. But she did a great job, though. Honestly, I thought her acting was really good, though. For what oh, she did. I have no complaints yeah, about any of the acting in this movie. I think everybody did a good job, including the kids. Yeah, well, she did a great. wonderful job getting her eyes gouged out. <laughs> <laughs> That's her real Neo moment. That was actually one of my big complaints is when she went upstairs in the house that was being controlled by like Hannah. Like it's just being like it's she's Hannah's terrorizing this entire family and she just wants like I got this and I was like no you don't <laughs> like yeah it was pride pride cometh before the fall she shouldn't That's have went, she shouldn't have left her house but bro <laughs> I'm ninety years old I'm not gonna do shit yeah I don't know what so <laughs> damn Mark hot take I don't, old people stay home yeah do really <laughs> it's a dangerous world out there you might break a hip I don't know what anyone thought she was going to add okay you went through this experience once. 
you can just tell me all the information. Like, did, did, you know, to, did they try to get Linda Blair and she said no? Is that why they went this route? Or is she's, this she's in the movie? Yeah. I know, but do you think they like offered her a bigger role? And no, she's they're like, saving no, her no, for no. part two when they need to blind somebody else. So what happened was is they did approach Linda Blair and asked if she wanted to be in this. She said she didn't really want to be in it, but she was actually on set as a consultant uh, because she had experience with having to act as a child being oh, possessed. Oh, right, that's yeah, cool. So she was, she was kind of there to consult about how to keep these kids safe that's even while awesome. they're being like that, yeah. possessed. So yeah, pretty cool. Okay, yeah. But yeah, spoilers, Linda Blair does show up at the very end of the movie to shake her mom's hand and goes, I'm home, credits. The you guy know, next to me in the theater was like, bullshit. <laughs> like, he just said it out loud. <laughs> yeah. He was so upset at that part. I wasn't happy about it either. It that didn't bother weak. me, but I was, I was like, this is dumb. So how does this one kick off? Kicks off in Haiti. We get a scene of two dogs fighting. There's your first of what is seemingly a lot of throwbacks to the exor- the original Exorcist. And we meet Victor, and he's taking photos. And, and he's obviously kind of like a tourist with his wife, who is very, very pregnant. Um, and they're just sort of around the shop. And his wife gets taken off to go get a blessing. She meets a kid, and he's like, do you want a blessing for your baby? And, and they do this very nice uh, blessing on the baby. Wikipedia would have me believe that was voodoo. Okay. But, you know, I don't know. Yeah. That's, that's fine. I thought they were possessing her baby at that time. Oh. I was like right out the gate. I was like, ooh, they're just going to fucking like jinx this baby. It's going to be possessed inside of her, which I thought would be an interesting take. A demon possess, baby. Possess an unborn baby, you know. Then jumps out like that little Freddy Krueger baby. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I hope not. Um, so we just watch this couple for a while, and eventually they get back to their hotel and a gigantic fucking earthquake starts. Well, Victor's not there. Victor's out taking pictures, but right. the wife is back in the hotel room and a huge earthquake hits Haiti. And this poor hotel just sort of crumbles. And we see Victor running, obviously, to go get his wife, who uh, is in a stairwell and a piece of debris kind of fell on her. Debris for those classy people out That's there. That's true. Yeah. I was yeah. debating which way. You, I, know. you know what? Feel free to use it. Okay. Debris. So some debris fell on her. And, <laughs> and the movie decides to bring back our old standby, the Sophie's Choice. Mm-hmm. So the, the actual Sophie's Choice. Yeah. For real this time. The, yeah. <laughs> the one time we use this correctly. So the doctor is like, hey, uh, you have to pick. Anything we do to save your wife will probably kill your baby. Anything we do to save your baby will kill your wife. And we don't see his choice, but then we cut to present day where he has a grown daughter. Well, grown, um, a 13, 14. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'll say that part of the movie was so good. I was like, wow, this is going to be a really good movie. Uh, I thought the tension building was great. You got to breathe with these characters and get to know them. And I thought there was a lot of great on-screen chemistry. With what, only seven minutes of this movie? I cared about these two characters. I was genuinely invested at this point. I genuinely didn't have any issues with the movie until the back half. Like yes. the front half, I'm like, okay, you're setting this up very well. I would this agree. is some good storytelling. Well, real quick question then, just to completely break the whole flow of everything, because that's what I do here. What was the one point in the movie that you basically were like, that's it for me? It was the second Chris McNeil came on screen. Okay. The mother. John? Yeah, I think like when it transitioned there pretty much, or when they were doing the exorcism at home. The CG effects on the exorcism. That's where I basically like checked out. Yeah, people, I know like that's been a complaint. I, I, I did not, I'm, I guess I wear glasses, so maybe that's the problem. I was like, I don't know. Looks like a fine to me. Again, I don't have a problem with the effects. It just felt so out of place in such a reality-based movie. Well, I agree with to that. To suddenly have like a swirling vortex on the ceiling. I was like, wait a minute. This well, seems out of place. That is one. It looked of, awesome though. Agreed. That is one of my main complaints with this 
movie. Like if you go back to the original Exorcist, the 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 things that she does until the very very end are very low key. A drawer opens, there's rattling things. You know, they write "Help me." But here, the demons are like fucking super powered, and I get they had to do it because people would probably be really bored if that was how it is now. the The power level of demons have crept up so high in in media that they have to match it. But it felt so out of place. I I'll, think that the so me and you both have read The Exorcist. I've I read mm-hmm. Legion. Jesus, I get it. I'm illiterate. You guys stop. <laughs> <laughs> the, the Exorcist book is all about the communicating between the demon and Father Karras yeah. and his doubt and stuff like that. It doesn't need the special effects if you do it right. Right. So when this movie was setting itself up at the beginning, I was like, oh, we're going to get a real heady like Exorcist movie. Because like we said, they really focus in on this idea of belief. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's literally titled Believer. And they just kind of drop it. And, and I think that the message that they want you to learn from this is just kind of weak. Which one? And how far do they cram it down your throat? Because this movie was really blatant about like, okay, here's a monologue and here's the message. Oh, God. At when, the end? Yeah. yeah that when, when the freaking nurse, the nun, the, the previous nun nurse lady yeah. starts talking, I'm like, oh, this is What bad. does evil mean to you? And I was like, you tell us, movie. I know. And I, the detective, opposite the detective, I'd be like, ma'am, this is a police station. Yeah. Shut your mouth and answer the question. Well, the, question right before, the question was right before is your counsel will be here, which basically led me to believe that like, oh, there's going to be repercussions for y'all having people die in your house together. And then she's like, what is evil to you? Yeah. Let me tell you what I think. And I was like, this is not the time or the place, ma'am. Somebody, yeah, somebody murdered that priest, right? Like, well, but I think it's because... Man, this is a Wendy's. Like, <laughs> it's one of those moments. And what I like about good possession movies versus the more spectacly ones like this one, which I still like, but is uh, the idea of possession, like biblically, if you if that's how, what they're going to base it on, is to get the non-possessed people to question their faith in God, right? To to get you away from the light. Like, at least that's what I've always understood it to be, right? You see... I like that concept. Why is this happening to me? Like, they always... That's why they always try to go after, like, really... Well, I don't believe in possession in real life. Be clear on that. I'm all speaking in fiction, up to and including the good book. Uh (laughs) Whoa. (laughs) Wow. The hottest of takes. This is why we're taking a break. We clear more (laughs) on the Catholic Church, evidently. Um, But the point is, it's like thinking about, okay, this very great person, this this person who doesn't have any obvious sins, they're they're not possessing murderers or whatever, they're possessing children and and things like that, to get you to question, like, why would a, a good God let such a an evil thing happen to a person. And that's why they say don't talk to the, they don't don't talk to the demon, don't engage with it, don't ask it for anything because um, it's just trying to get you to shake your faith. I did like the whole then this movie they did a much more blatant job of being like all you got to do is ask me for this. Like it was asking people if it mm-hmm. wanted things and they seemed very mundane, but you could tell by the way it was being asked that like, "Oh, this is the way he gets his claws in." Like this is how he hooks you. The deceiver and Chris O'Toole, no, McNeil. McDonald, McNeil was like, Chris O'Toole, what the fuck? Um, <laughs> Think of Peter, maybe? <laughs> so she was like, she's like, I'm not going to answer any. I was, I was like, oh, that was pretty cool. Like, I appreciate they actually acknowledged that kind of thing in this one. Yeah. But I think that is like where I was thought this was going to go. It's just a believer. I was like, oh, they're really going to 
push on that, like you said, Mark, but no, they totally gave up on that and went spectacle instead. Yeah, unfortunately. Well, I don't know. I thought they, they kept a lot of that towards the end when everyone had to kind of respect everyone's belief system to kind of make it work. Like Teamwork that. makes a dream work, if but, you will. I, but, but I think like... That in itself is flawed. But that, yeah, that definitely was flawed. Because like, one, thing that you, one thing you learn in, in going to church is like there's only one religion. Right. So you aren't going to have the Catholics hanging out with the voodoo priests or whatever going on. You're mix and matching your faith in there. And if this demon is an actual honest to God Christian based demon, then none of that stuff's going to work. Wasn't the whole point of the uh, original exorcist to be like, you have to be a hundred percent in your faith mm-hmm. or it is going to fuck you up. Right. That was, that was Karis's father. Karis's whole journey. He had doubt the good demon got in him and threw him off the fucking stairwell. The demon's like, Karis. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Yeah, too bad y'all couldn't see my hand. Yeah, this is a very visual podcast medium. We get a we get a monologue where basically one of the characters is all like, I know we're all of different religions, but if we all believe strong enough together, it's technically the same thing. And I was like, um, I'm gonna go ahead and dispute that there. If you believe, if you if you truly believe as a you know Baptist or Catholic or whatnot, then one of your core beliefs is that all those other ones are wrong. <laughs> yeah. So we'll get to that scene later. So yeah. anyway. So it's just you're getting ready to the go to school scene, and you see the interaction between the father and the daughter Angela, and it's a little strange. She definitely is still looking through the house secretly at her mother's memorabilia because she misses her mom. But we do find there's a point to that. Yeah. Yes, there is. And we meet the neighbor. Uh, who's the, also a, a nurse at the hospital. She's like wearing her scrub. She's like, bring in your trash cans. I was like, oh, fuck, I have a neighbor like that. Well, we also <laughs> meet the like snake handler neighbor, whatever that guy's name is, the one that like is in the weird like semi-voodoo religion. Oh, yeah, it's like, it's like his boxing instructor as well. Yeah, he's like, mm-hmm. tell your dad I'll see him at the, the, the gym. And I was like, these neighbors talk to their neighbors way more than I've ever talked to a single neighbor around me. Later on, <laughs> that same neighbor, the boxing guy, is like, we're your neighbors, man. We just want to help. I was like, really? Because I don't think any of my neighbors, like, you know, they'll give me like a cup of sugar or something. This but is in 1953. <laughs> apparently it is in the exorcist world. Yeah. And so they go to school and, and Angela's like, hey, can I go study over at my friend Hannah's house? No. It's, the, it's the classic, I'll stay at your place, yeah. you stay at my place, no one will know where we're going type thing. And the dad's like reluctant, but he's like, all right, fine, be home by dinner. And, and I love the fact that that still works to this day. Like, this, I'm going to uh, stay at your house, you tell me I'm going to stay at your house, vice versa. Parents still haven't figured that shit out. Oldies never die, man. Yeah, the classics. Wow. Mm-hmm. If she had a cell phone and you just go find mine and be like, hmm, that doesn't look like. <laughs> That's a parenting fail 101. Yeah. yeah. So they end up lying about where they're going to be and they go into the woods Hannah and what's the other girl's name? Angela. Angela to basically do like a little seance type thing to try to contact um, Angela's mom just to say hey and see how she is you know because she misses her mom she wants to she never got to meet her. So Hannah comes from a Christian Yeah, some sort religion. of Protestant, yeah. I want to say, like, they seem very, like, kind They're, of like, like the snake handler type people. I don't know what that's called. No, that was the one guy. No, look, Wait, hold on. is this different? I, I grew up in a Pentecostal church, I think which could be considered the snake handler. Okay. Um, like, maybe a dial. I think that's what the above. boxer was like. That right? was his, his brand of yeah, Christianity. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. That's yeah. what There ain't no kid being raised in a Christian community that would ever say, yes, let's talk to the dead. They won't even let I you touch. Know. I know. I know. They don't even want you touching Ouija boards, dude. That is of the devil. But you the don't kids do don't it. want to, though. You, you, you can't tell Hannah me Hannah was the one. By that Hannah, stuff, though. Yeah, but no, Hannah wouldn't do it. There's the, no fucking The way mind. they built up. Well, one, they didn't really build up her character at all. That This really is the Angela story. Hannah's just along for the ride. So you don't know, but her dad's like. It's sleepaway camp. I'm sorry. <laughs> they're really. Her dad's like, she's a youth pastor and this, that, and the other. So if she's that bought in, if she's a, like a true blue believer, I agree with Mark. She would not be doing any of this uh, spiritual 
spiritual occult. Look, John Wayne Gacy was a polite, friendly neighbor that everyone loved. (laughs) I'm just saying you never know about people. Regardless, somehow this child. Nice segue there, Mark. This child has decided that that she has the power to contact the dead and they're going to talk to Angela's mother who died in the earthquake 13 years prior. It's very easy. You just swing a little thing in front of you and you clear your mind and the spirits talk to you. Did they say where they got this idea? Did they watch some YouTube video? This is what I'm saying. The movie feels rushed at points. No. They set up that we're going to study each other's house. They're in the woods. They're doing voodoo, not voodoo, occultism. Uh, yeah, that's not in the Bible. Wave a wave a necklace no. and touch a handkerchief and you can talk to your mother. <laughs> uh, and then it cuts to the dad whose name I already forgot. Victor. Victor. Why can't I remember this guy's fucking name? Mm. All right. So Victor's driving home and he sees the trash cans are still down at the at the driveway and he's like fucking teenagers man so he goes home and he's like angela and he looks around and his daughter's not there and then he starts to panic well he doesn't really panic he calls he does the parent thing gets the directory calls a few kids i think there's a slight panic he's like rustling oh, through yeah, his i'm girl. sure <laughs> i don't have kids i don't know yeah, he wasn't hyperventilating if you lose a kid do you panic i don't know listeners get at us let us know before he gets home he's at his photography studio oh, right. where he's taking pictures of a family and the lights start flickering and then there's some weirdness on the computer screen where like the faces of the family are all distorted this really doesn't pay off to anything no well, it's around the time that they're doing the the, the seance stuff well, yeah, but he's not even later. in the house yeah. I, I think it was just more of a, a general like I think it was there like, we need to put some scary stuff in this movie. So Maybe. let's start doing some Possible. shit. Yeah. It doesn't also make any sense. Like, why would that happen? If it doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter. None of this fucking matters. So then he calls the other parents, Hannah's, Hannah's parents, parents, and is like, hey, you know, is Hannah there? And Hannah's like, no. Or Hannah's parents are like, no, I thought she was staying at Dolores's house. Let me call Dolores's mom. I made that name up. I don't know who the fuck it was. Uh, and it's then, a game of telephone. Yeah. And then cut. They're all getting together and they're like, we got to go search the woods. Well, because one of the kids spills the beans. Like I saw him walk into the woods yeah. and then they're like, all right, to the woods we go. They call the cops. The cops are on their way. But the parents, uh, Victor and Hannah's parents are running through the um, the woods looking around. Victor finds the little like pendant thing? underground fucking bunker. Yeah, what they the were fuck in. is I, that? I, I would never be caught dead going five feet into this thing. But um, as he's in there, like kind of looking around, he finds a the pendant. Anyway, he he grabs. Well, something. he finds a shoe and he the sees. Shoe. Yeah, he sees an earring or a pendant or something that gets him down there, and he finds yeah. a shoe. And then the rock moves and a snake jumps out. Best jump scare of the movie. That Fox was pretty snakes. good. Yeah. And then um, as that was the only that, thing that made me jump in the entire movie. And I was like mad, that fucking snake. And he moved that rock. And then, of course, they turned up the volume of the yeah. snake hiss. And I was like, fuck you, movie. This movie's audio balancing is trash. They rely from start to finish on that super, like, overly loud. Dude, the ice in our cups was shaking at the draft house. Like, they had the volume up so loud. And then you had those giant, like, noise jump scares. It was a bit much at times. But um, I thought they were effective. Yeah. And then at the same time as Victor finds those, the parents find Hannah's backpack on a tree and then bada boom, bada bing, the cops show up and then it's the whole full blown, where's our children? I don't know. Let's all freak out and be mad at each other. Victor, I mean, I get he's under a lot of stress, but he's such a prick. He's like, basically he's like, is your daughter on drugs? <laughs> well, my daughter's good. Yours yeah. isn't. What's your story? The parents are turning on each, on each other real quick. Yeah. And they're like, I've never heard of your daughter before. I haven't heard about your daughter either. Which also doesn't make any sense. My mother was a saint. <laughs> Because yeah. Angela, when Angela's leaving to go to school, Hannah is like right there, and Victor's like, "Hey, Hannah." So I mean, they obviously, yeah. And the mother's like, "If I had known that my daughter was hanging out with your yeah. daughter, there would have been several phone calls." I thought by there was going to be a race thing going on there. I thought that was going to be a whole uh, race element to this this thing. 
But the cop's like, look, everybody's lost a kid here, so calm down, all right? <laughs> look, we all lose kids. Let's calm shit. Yeah, We're like, all on the same team here, all right? Like, Statistically, they're probably just out being girls. Which yeah. is true. Yeah, that's fair. Um, they're not. They're being abducted. No, they're being possessed. Apparently, yeah. they go to hell. They don't, we don't find out. No. They don't tell us. The movie's not interested in showing what happened in these three days that they are missing. Let me get it. Yes, we get a little bit of a montage of him putting up posters. I'm searching the woods. I think the next real scene is when he comes home. <laughs> you don't know what you got till it's gone. <laughs> Weirdly, that song plays. <laughs> no, <I'm> just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> he comes home and his neighbor's there with some uh, priestesses. I don't know from, they say root work. So that's, I, his, that's, his, that's his weird church. That's the weird church he, he goes to. Because he, he said his sister got super sick when they were kids and nothing worked. No science, no medicine, nothing. And then these like root yeah. which is based in like slave culture or something like that is what they said the, the movie said like basically healer and so at that point he was sold he's like whatever this shit is i am in yeah well let me tell you something if i came home from work and there was some weird priestess lighting incense in yeah. my room without my knowledge i'm calling the fucking cops that's pretty fucked up to do to somebody well you know how that should work is like oh hey victor Look, this is so-and-so. Might we come in and bless the room? Right. Not just break in and enter and then, you know, spray your weird aromas around my house. Look, I'm not a big, like, believe in the supernatural as a real thing. I, I'm not doubting that there's something out there. But if I saw priests in my house lighting incense to expel demons or whatever the fuck they were doing, I'd be like, oh, okay, finish what you're doing. <laughs> like, <laughs> go ahead and wrap up what you're doing and then let's talk about Can't this. Can't hurt at this point, but no, he shoes them all out of the house. He's like, get out of here. Rightfully so. Yeah, and we do need to point out that Victor has no faith in anything. He is a non-believer 100% ever since his wife died in the uh, earthquake 13 years yes. prior. Mm -hmm. I think he was a little questionable back then, but now he's definitely a not believer. Well, Opposite he said, of the he, said he did at one point and he went through a whole thing and it killed he, his faith. Yeah, he yeah. goes on the monologue, right? He's like, I believed in God and, and I had to watch my wife die while my baby was born. And I think next, right, he cuts to him driving to the hospital. We don't know where he's driving. He's just swerving. Well, oh, it's, no, it's, it's the horse. It's pouring rain. Yeah. And we cut to a farm and uh, the dad's on the tractor. He's like, go back to the barn and make sure the goats are happy or no, something. No, there's a horse, a horse, a horse is, is like, sick. Like okay. sick in the field right. and it's like got black stuff on its feet. And I was like, are they going to tell us what happened to that fucking horse? They don't. So I hope Cas the horse is fine. In possession. I was hoping the demon possessed girls were going to slit open the belly and come out. <laughs> like Luke and Hoth. Like, <laughs> yes. That would be so fucking visually creepy. Exactly like Empire. Only yeah. reverse. <laughs> I thought they smelled bad on the outside. Uh, but no, it just turns out these girls were hiding in the barn and they're like, where are we? What year is it? Who's president? And you're like, okay. So then, yes. It is interesting that... Audience, I, they do not actually say that, just so you know. Now, this may, once again, you know, I'm a head cam person. Uh, it is interesting they were found in the pigsty, because when Jesus expels Legion, he sends them in the pigs. So I don't know if there's anything there, but... Of course there's something there. Uh, so then we see Victor driving to the hospital like a maniac, which I totally understand. He's like running red lights, honking his horn, cutting through parking lots. And just FYI, these kids are miles away. 30. Like, 30. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah, you'd think they'd be like, wouldn't they send like an officer to help get him there? They were just like a phone call. Like, Hey, kids are at the hospital. Come when you can. It's like he got it while he was driving. Then he freaking <laughs> you eat in the rain. It was like almost causing 17 accidents. Excellent head cannon. That's what I'm going with. Yeah. He rushes into the hospital. 
they show him his girl and they're going to run all these tests to make sure that she wasn't uh, inappropriately touched and they're asking questions. They don't seem to remember anything. In this scene, I will say, was they did a great job of just making it all very uncomfortable, especially like when they were doing the examination. Like it was all medical and like clinical. It, yeah. And it just felt like, oh, oh I don't know. Give me the heebie-jeebies well, the that I felt for these girls. The way it's edited too does a really good job of not letting you get comfortable with the scene. It's very hard cuts to back and forth between the two girls, seeing the way the parents are reacting, yeah. seeing the way the doctors are remaining calm while the the actual visual and audio aesthetics of the film really jerk you around. So it's just like you just you can't find footing in this scene, and it, it's really well done to that that aspect. You know, I would like to see David Gordon Green direct somebody else's screenplay. I wonder if he's a good director, but just a bad screenwriter. Because technically, this movie looks really good when it has time it does these scenes really really well it's just like the plotting that and the pacing that seems kind of yeah there's only like two plot devices i really don't like in this movie other than that i think it's an enjoyable film i don't know if i'd recommend it as like go see this exorcist movie there's better exorcism films but like it's a really well-made movie yeah david find someone's script that you like and try your hand at it well he's working on a garbage pill kids animated show god Mm. so we'll see if that pans out anyway girls are barely lucid like they're like i don't know where we were uh we were only gone for so long and they're like the detective's like hey tell your dad how long do you think it's been he's like "Uh, a couple of hours and he's like baby you've been gone for three days yeah and we and they're physically fine from what the doctors can tell except their feet their feet are fucked they're They're burned and which i thought was in a because i've never seen this in exorcism films before because the the mom's like jesus walked through hell when he was gone for three days the movie does a really good job of incorporating some of this like you know biblical um storytelling into the the script itself and so they let the girls go home what are you gonna do keep them against their will well you'd think that at least keep them overnight observation observation. maybe yeah maybe yeah okay fair point yeah i don't I, i don't know but i feel like they wouldn't let you go home like, all right, yeah, you're good here. Also, Hannah's parents are like, you better get ready for bed. We got church in the Dude, morning. I'm I like, know. you're going to make your kid go to church you after know hiding your in a barn? parents would make you do that too, Mark. After being gone for three days, I think they'd let me off one yeah, service. Yeah, okay. I, 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 I like, let the girl sleep in. What are you talking about? They might make me go to night church. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you can go to the evening uh, mass. Cue the night court theme. And so Angela you know, and Victor are having a conversation and... He's just like, you know, you can tell me anything. You're kind of standard parenty stuff. And basically she's like, look, I was trying to talk to mom because sometimes I hear her voice and I wanted to know if I was crazy, but it didn't work because you took the scarf. I was like, oh, ouch. And he's just like, yeah, yeah, okay. A little, little pro tip for anybody out there who's going to try to contact the dead and you need some sort of item or belonging to channel the conversation. If you don't have the item, don't do it. Or pro tip also, don't wear it. Just put it in your pocket. She only he only noticed because she ran out of the house wearing this scarf. Oh, good point. Yeah. <laughs> Hide the evidence. Yeah. You have a backpack. <laughs> what are you doing? Maybe, oh, maybe it's like, uh, you know, she doesn't normally do shady shit. So I guess that brings up a good question, though. Your significant other dies, right? What do you keep and how long do you keep it for? Like, what about like toothbrushes? No. no. Like, how long do you keep someone's toothbrush? I think around? I'd keep things that were very memorable. Sure, to them but I'm just or, wondering, like, you know, like on the mundane things, like, what is the expectation yeah, I mean, on that? I think eventually, once you've gone through your, your grief, you hmm. just start throwing shit away. Like, Interesting. I don't think you do that day one. Like you come home from the funeral, you're like, get this fucking toothbrush out of here. (laughs) But I think eventually, you know, it's part of moving on. So uh, Angela, looking very tired, eventually just tells her dad, this conversation is over. Be gone. Well, we get an interesting jump scare. 
So she looks over and there's a brief flash, which to me looked like Reagan, but I think it was from the original Exorcist, but I think it was meant to be Hannah. It's Hannah. It is fucking Hannah's face in the background, right over the shoulder of Victor when she looks over his shoulder. I've got goosebumps right now talking about that is, again, you guys know how I am about Mm -hmm. faces popping up on shit. That fucked me up. That was a really good jump scare. And then he's, she's like, get out of here, dad. And he's like, yeah, yeah, of course. Right. So he's leaning over her. They yeah. show the, the possessed. Yeah. I, I thought it might've supposed to be like Regan too. I wasn't sure. No, it was Hannah. It, very much. It was Hannah because they're linked to this point. They are linked. That's true. So it could have been, and they do, I'm sure they did this on purpose and we find out later. I mean, they did make up Hannah a lot to look like Regan. They even put her in that blue kind of nightgown. The so, dried out lips. Yeah. yeah. The swollen forehead kind of thing. Which is why when Chris O'Dowd or Chris McDonald. McNeil. McNeil. God. Um, Chris McNeil goes and sees her. It's very reminiscent of the, the Regan thing, which could give her the hubris that you were talking yeah. about because she went through it before, even though she wasn't there. So she didn't really go through it before. No, she was downstairs drinking. So the dad is like going to brush his teeth uh, and then the lights start flickering on and off and he looks over and it's his daughter <laughs> like, yeah. flicking the switch and I'm like what are you doing? I thought that was pretty well done because you'd think like oh this is some spirit shit but nope it's just like a teacher trying to get a class attention I put my food down because I knew something was going to be in that mirror I was like you're going to have a face in that mirror and I'm going to drop my food they didn't do that so the daughter's just kind of out of it right she's like what did you say he's like I didn't say nothing I think he said something in his head and she heard it like a thought. I think he was thinking it because because like, he kind of looks at her like, what the fuck is wrong with her? And then like, that's when she's like, what'd you say? And I was like, oh, you're screwed, my dude. And she can hear your thoughts. You're boned. And he walks her back to bed. But then the lights do start going out on their own. Nobody's touching the switch. And that's how he hurts himself, John. Remember, he oh, went to the breaker. Oh, he sparks the breaker. His, uh, yeah. I didn't realize that he burned his hand. I see. That does me. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So he puts his daughter back to bed after some more like creepy moments here. Nothing too wild. But then he goes to the garage and he shocks himself on his breaker trying to figure out why the lights were doing the flickering. Yeah. Which, dude, that's not a breaker thing. <laughs> no. <laughs> Next morning, he's making breakfast for his daughter. So he's going to take her breakfast and he goes into the room and he starts smelling something and she had wet the bed overnight. He's like, come on, baby, let's get you cleaned up. Take her into the bathroom. He starts running in a tub. He walks away. And I, what, what did he go do? He went to go get the she- the sheets. He did, oh, his daughter's yeah. like at an age where I understand why he would want to give her pride. He's not, it's not like she's four or five or something where yeah. right, but she's, she's a teen been, girl. Give her, but she's been acting very odd since the night before. I might not leave her alone. I thought something was going to happen with that ladder. I did too. Actually, I thought she was going to be underneath the fucking garbage sewage water that was filling the thing. Like that was the thing in, too. Like, and it's perfectly still. And then she comes up out of it as this jump scare. I thought that's what's going to mm. happen. Yeah. There was a I lot of moments like the movie, like had these little things like, Ooh, yeah, maybe she's going to jump off that ladder. Or maybe she's going to be in the tub, something like that. But it's neither. Where was she? She. So the way this house is set up is the, there's the master bedroom on one side where uh, an Angela's bedroom on another. And there's like a hallway in between that's open. Think a hotel. A connect, yes. Connecting rooms connecting, in a hotel. Exactly. You got the hallway that connects both of them, but you've also got a door between the two rooms. So while her, while Victor was getting all the sheets, Angela must have ran into the master bedroom. And then when he went to look for her, because he heard like the footprints, she runs up behind him, takes the scarf and just like throws him on the ground and he nails his head on that bed. Like a radiator, right? It was the bed. The, the, the bed the frame. Foot, the bed frame. Of the okay. bed, yeah. yeah. Knocks his ass down and she jumps on him is like going nuts on him and stuff. Like that. And then she starts having like a, a seizure, seizure or something like that. And we so they, cut back to the hospital where she's getting put into a, like a padded cell. More different hospital. This is actually the psychiatric, psychiatric hospital. hospital. Yes. Yeah. And he's very conflicted. No, not yet. About doing they're, this. they're back at the same hospital. 
Because okay, the nurse yeah, is there both times. Yeah, Nancy next door. Later, she goes to the psychiatric hospital. It's a different wing. Yeah. Could be the same Regardless, hospital. Regardless, she has a fucking complete break, and then they're back in there. That's when the uh, the nurse, his next-door neighbor, the Karen, you know, sees this, and she's like, holy shit. And then, as she's inspecting her, inspecting um, Angela, Angela says something about her aborted kid. Yeah. He's like, sister something something, says her nun name that she never used. I just remember the last one, Xavier, because I was like, oh, like Charles Xavier, but I can't <laughs> remember what her, maybe it was probably Mary or something. Yeah, and it's, and but so anyway, like, Possessed Angela talks about this lady's failed nun attempt and how like she the name and then the fact that she like had to like abort her kid, which she hadn't told anybody. So at this point, she's like, oh, fuck this noise. So she yeah. goes over because he has to leave the girl at the hospital and they go back to the house. And then Nancy comes over and was like, OK, look straight up. I want you to like read this book because she said something she should never know. And this was between me and God. All right, so listeners, it, so, as usual, we are fucking it up. It is not Catherine or Nancy. It is Anne. So anywhere you heard Nancy or Catherine, mentally, just put an Anne instead. It's the nurse nun, okay? <laughs> Which for all you with weird kinks out there, just unlock that one for you. You're welcome. <laughs> um, so anyway, she comes over with a book, and it's actually um, Chris McDonald's book. McNeil. McNeil. Chris McNeil's <laughs> book. God, I'm so pissed at myself. And she's like, you should read this. And he's like, I don't believe in religion. I don't believe in this bullshit, blah, 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 blah. And she's like, yo, your daughter said something that no one should know. Give me two minutes to explain myself. She gives her whole little backstory and explains it and stuff like that. And that's where we kind of figure out that Victor's just given up on faith altogether. But he is going to check it out. And as he's reading the book, he actually sees some similarities between like the scars. He saw the word help me. That was written on Reagan in scars. Yeah. And his daughter, the second time she went to the hospital has a bunch of new scratches on her torso that weren't there the first time. So they say, help me also. The the interaction between Anne and Victor, I never told anybody that name, nor did I say that I had a child that I gave up. Well, boarded. And your daughter knew that. That kind of shit is the stuff I like in these movies. This movie needed more of that kind of stuff. I th- so here's where I think it's cursed. It didn't want to just be The Exorcist again, which I understand. But it also wanted to show these powers. And I feel like by trying to split the difference, it fucks up. Because like in The Exorcist, it seems like Reagan can know things about you that is magical. But what we've come to find out is... Demons can't see the future. They're not all knowing. They're reading your mind. Because Karis is like, hey, what's my mother's maiden name? And he blanked out his mind and she didn't know it. Right. right. And mm-hmm. in this movie, though, they don't do anything like that or even mention it. They're just like, okay, best demons are omnipotent, which makes to me like less of a deceiver, right? I think like every part of the exorcist plays up like the demon is trying to trick you. It is trying to deceive you versus here where it's like, oh, I guess this demon does know all this shit about everybody. See, the thing is, though, is the demon, when it's talking through, I can't remember if it's Hannah or Angela, actually is like, we know all. It kept saying we, which le- really like lended itself to the whole Exorcist Three Legion um, kind of concept where they're all kind of like neural linked and they all kind of like share information and have this well of like demonic knowledge. Yeah. So I read it as like, while that demon may not be able to read that person's mind, but they, they all have like have access to the things that they've heard and found. So I don't know. I kind of took it that way. So I was a little more accepting of this whole, like in the, they can know whatever they need to know when they need to know it in general, because everyone plays off the same sort of, 
Bible spin, demons seem to always talk in in the plural. We, uh, your your daughter's in here with us. We this, we that, da 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 da. So I think that's just how demons. It could be. I don't. They're basically venom. I'm not a demonologist, so they are basically venom. But the idea is that there's always a lot of demons, and like when you read about quote unquote real exorcisms, they always are like, Oh yeah, we had to exercise like a hundred demons from this lady and, and bullshit like that. So it's like a timeshare. The yeah. whole, the whole Legion thing's been overdone. Oh, so in much Hollywood, but which makes it like even more like, Oh, how are you gonna make a trilogy out of a group of bad guys now? <laughs> but anyway, he was like, okay, I need to get in touch with Chris McNeil. And he drives to like the nicest fuck. I wonder if that's her real house. How the fuck does she afford this house? This Ugh. is on the coast. It is like all glass. It is like a multi-million dollar home. But she was a very famous actress in the in the Exorcist. Oh, okay. Yeah, before she oh, wrote right. this book. That's right. Um, which apparently did very well for her as Number well. One like bestseller. Yeah. She was doing TED Talks on this shit. Found you her on it. YouTube. He was doing his research and he's like, to I be gotta- fair, you can find us on YouTube, so that's not <laughs> that's not a brag. True. Uh, but he, with the assistance of Anne, the nurse nun, uh, they find where she's at and like, he just shows up at her house. Victor shows up to Chris's house and, uh, she lets him in. He tells the story of what's going on. And she's like, she starts to give him the runaround, right? She's like, I'm not actually an exorcist and this and that. And he's like, well, I'm here because of this photo. And he shows her that his daughter had helped me carved in her body, just like Regan did. Mm. So this is where we get Chris's big backstory of like. He's like, what about Reagan? Is she okay? She's like, I haven't spoken to my daughter since the event. I imagine. That was when she wrote the book. When she wrote the book. She's like, I'm assuming she's alive and well. I have to assume that. But they have not spoken at all. I have to believe. Believe. She's okay. And while this is happening on a parallel track, Anne has gone to her priest, Father Maddox, to start the official exorcism process through the church. And we see all, I guess, of like the priest's the whole collective there, and they're like, hmm, well, we want to help you. Can I tell you, I'm very, very tired of the whole, we're going to go to the church and they're going to say no. Right. We do this in every, every single Exorcist movie, and I'm tired of it. They did it in The Exorcist, so now they got to do it everywhere. I know. But yeah, it's like... Hey, shoot your shot. You know what I'm saying? In reality, like the complete opposite is happening in the Exorcist space, at least in the Catholic Church. Like there are more Exorcists in the Catholic church now than ever before. Um, Pope John Paul II, so the Pope two popes ago was like two popes ago. Yeah. <laughs> two popes, one hat. Yeah. Uh, God, no. Personally did exorcisms. No. So the church is like rah, rah exorcism at the moment in this time of history. So should have been the tagline for this movie. <laughs> I would have liked to seen them change it up rather than just that. The church is going to deny your request to do an exorcism. I would like a little more debate. So sure. maybe, maybe the Cardinal's like, I don't know if we should. This doesn't seem like a good idea. And so I'm like, no, you damn it. you We got to do this. This is what we're supposed to be doing. Like, let's have a oh. little more like like interplay between the people who make this decision. Everyone's just kind of like, what do you think, Tom? And he's like, nah. And they're like, well, you heard Tom. We're done. And it's like, dude, no. Real time correction because Garrett reminded me, uh, I'm an idiot. They totally do in The Exorcist. The church says fine. That's how they bring in the other exorcist. Oh, in the original. In the original. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah they, have that, they, they have that debate and they're like, well, you know, who has done an exorcism? And they're like, oh, Father So-and-so, but he's out in Iraq. I love that guy, Father So-and-so. I can't believe I can't remember his name. I'm so shitty with well, names. actor is Max von Sydow. Yeah. Well, the point is, is so yes, that's going on in tandem, but Chris McNeil. Yes. Chris McNeil. Fuck yes, got it. Um, Chris McNeil is like, all right, tell you what, I'm going to help your daughter out. 
So they go back and they go to the hospital, right? Yeah. And so Angela is now in a uh, mental hospital, yeah. and, um, and he's carving Reagan in with her with her nail on like the sideboard. And that chick's like hands are destroyed. They look like my hands when I bite my fingernails. Like they're so grody. Well, when they brought her into the hospital the second time, she had been like taking Nine. her nails out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So and, and earlier we didn't talk about this, but Hannah's going through a similar thing. This is where we see by far the worst scene of the movie. It's in the trailer. The body and the blood. Right. The Hannah's scene, gone yeah. to church. She is fucking around with it. Like she's using her feet to fuck around with shit. She starts masturbating next to her siblings yep. in and, the pew. And there, there is no possibility that it, if I looked at my child and she looked as mangled as Hannah does that I'm putting... Mangled is the word, dude. I, I'm going to put her in her Sunday best and drag her to church anyway? No. Look, the power price Look, Everybody's going to be like... What are you doing here? You yeah. just found her in a fucking barn last night. <laughs> you know what I mean? 24 hours ago, she was missing. Why is she here? Like, I don't care how religious yeah. you are. You take the day. <laughs> uh, agree. I think God will give you a bye week on this. So yeah. Hannah goes in the back, eats all the, the crackers and drinks the wine, spills no, it all over. She throws herself. it all over the place. She's oh. a demon. She can't eat that stuff. I don't know. I don't know the rules. <laughs> you don't, that was, that was you don't partake the... in communion unless you're free of sin. Yeah. Well, anyway, she comes back all disheveled with wine all over her shirt or blood vomit I don't know something and then she does the whole body in the blood thing we see in the trailer I thought that was gonna crescendo into something bigger than it actually was no it just cuts again she just runs down the aisle and the mother's like Hannah oh my god cut how dare you make a scene at the church I was hoping maybe she'd knock an altar or something over nope well she did a little minor vandalism camera I want to see it on camera all of her possession stuff is off camera this is the only start cursing out the priest yeah, I think you're right, John. I think we needed, yes, we should have seen some cursing. There's not enough cursing in this movie. That's true. And we needed to see more of Hannah possessed. Yeah. Just in general. I, okay, I'm going to disagree on that. I liked the minimal amount of Hannah we got because when we get to the house, when, because as that happens, they take her back home. And as time is passing, as like they go see Angela, um, Chris McNeil's character, let's just call her Chris. Um, that is her name. The yeah. actress is not Chris <laughs> McNeil. <laughs> so Chris is just like, like, okay, they know I'm here. They know what this is about. Your daughter is like prepared. We got to go see the other girl. Right. And so they leave Angela in the facility and then they go to the, the other house and to, to see Hannah. Hannah runs this place like Lord of the Flies. Like the dad is in a chair, like beat up. And he's like, we're paying for our sins. We're paying for our so sins. He says, I'm paying for my sins. There you go. She's there like, you go. what is it? What is your sin? The movie never tells us. Maybe we, maybe it's best. We don't know the, the mom and the kids are praying in a circle in the kitchen, leave the house. Yeah. But whatever. They're in the kitchen. Maybe this is why I wish we had more information though. Maybe they were told they couldn't leave the house. Right. Maybe Hannah told them like, if you right. leave, I'll fucking I'll kill, kill you or something like that. Yeah. yeah. Like the movie, it's just, it was too much to jump like seemingly 30 minutes after all of this chaos occurred. We'll rather have interaction with the family members, which we, we would want. We have to have her interact with this legacy character. Yeah. The yes. one that feels shoehorned in the whole movie to begin with. That's true. Yeah. What the fuck is she even, all she did was go to asylum, go, yep, she's possessed and leave. I think it would be better if Chris had basically like told the parents, like, I need you to ask her this. Like she has a connection with you, but she walks in like the cock of the walk, like, don't worry about this. I got this. She goes upstairs to where Hannah evidently was at one point strapped to the bed, but she's not anymore because she just runs the house. She's just running around doing whatever the fuck she wants, eating ice cream for breakfast. Also, shout out to this movie for ice cream for breakfast. True. Victor is the best dad in the world. 
my man gets it. Rocky um, Road, which is also one of my favorites. Thanks, Weird Al. Dude, hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so Chris goes upstairs and she's like, I know what you're here for. And he's like, do you remember me? I remember you. And I'm like, oh, it's Pazuzu. We're good. We got a connection here. Nope. It does not appear to be that way. Um, then they start talking shit about Reagan. They go back and forth. And then well, she starts pulling, trying to do the exorcist there. So shittily. After too. like, I am not an exorcist. I'm not a doctor. You know, like, what well, are you doing? Here's her thing. In the name of all holy beings everywhere and the name of my daughter, Reagan, I renounce you. Like, is your what? daughter all of a sudden a saint? Yeah. What the fuck is that supposed to do? Yeah, Do you become like sainted if you survive an no. exorcism? No. Absolutely oh. not. You survive. I, here's you gotta work a miracle to become a saint, right? Correct. Two. Two. And okay. it's, they have to, you have to do one after you die, too. Wow. That's a big ask. And again, like this is all pointless. And uh, at some point, um, Hannah gets a hold of a metal cross. Well, yeah, so Hannah falls pret- off the like, wall. pretends that the demon's le- left, right? So after Reagan does her the worst fucking exorcism. Not Reagan, Chris. Or sorry, after Chris is the worst fucking exorcism I've ever seen, Hannah like jumps into a corner and is like, Mom, am I okay? And, Re- and uh, Chris is like, fucking nailed it. One and one. <laughs> <laughs> First try, 100% success rate. Let's not, go. This is not hard at all. 90-year-old mother found a new profession. Yeah. So she goes and like, okay, let me get you to bed. I'm fucking the best at this. Um, Hannah grabs a metal crucifix and just starts gouging Chris's eyes out. And you see it. It's pretty fucking brutal. Yeah. And that's another thing. She's like, stab, 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 stab. It's like Chucky going nuts on her face. I don't like about this movie. I guess they had to do it, but demons can grab crosses. They can go into church. They seem to not care about holy water. Like, very unusual, and I don't know why they went this route. I guess only sage is the only thing that bothered it a little bit, I guess. Yeah, the the concoction at the end. Yeah. Um, yeah, they don't seem to care about anything else. But again, oh, yeah, she's reading the Bible when she walks in. Uh, when Chris walks in, uh, Hannah's reading the Bible. She's like, this is weird. Just, if, it seems like for someone who had wrote a book on exorcisms would know not to fuck around unless you were 100% in your faith. Because that's the only yeah. time that these words mean anything. Well, not only that, I love the fact that like they're tricksters. You can't trust them. And it's like, I'm free. Okay, you're good. And it's like, no, no, Dude. no. Perhaps a trap. And as an exorcism expert, I feel like I thought her job would be to tell the rules, right? Don't talk to the demon. Don't believe the demon. Don't do this. Don't do the, all the rules that we know about that we learn through all these you know, possessions. She's movies. Zelda Rubenstein from Poltergeist. Right. But she doesn't okay. share any of her knowledge and doesn't even follow it herself. So I don't, maybe she should have spent less time reading about like Egyptian exorcisms right. and more time <laughs> learning the basics. Meanwhile, Victor's dicking around in the kitchen with uh, family members and you think he would have heard the mother start to do the power of Christ compels you uh, speech. It's a big um, house. But he, he manages to run in right at the end after the eyes were gouged out and they rush her to the hospital. He's like, what did you do? So, I was so pissed that she didn't die. Not that I wanted to see her get killed, but like I would have loved that this like been like a legit casualty of like the demonic possession. Yeah, but I'm sure John's right. There's a martyrdom to this that they're yeah. trying to mirror. So she's in the hospital. She gets bandaged oh, up, I and bet. this is where she stays for the rest of the movie. I'm making a prediction. Next movie, they're gonna. She's gonna go. I was blind, but now I see. Oh, it's a God. Bible quote. I bet it's coming up. Is Find the Bible trash quote, can. Yes. <laughs> Find the trash can and put yourself in it. I hate that you said that. It's coming up. You know it. I know it. Every David Gordon, he wrote. That's how he started the sequel. He's like, we're gonna start this line somewhere. Get this. She's actually blind now. Uh-huh. All right, so Garrett, I think this is the part of the film which you so lovingly called the Avenger Initiative. 
<laughs> where uh, Victor's going to start putting together a team. Uh, also reminded me of that episode of South Park where Jesus has his super friends. Super friends. <laughs> and they fly around with like, I don't remember that. It's like what, Gandhi and the Hindu God yeah, and all Muhammad. of them. You can't even watch it anymore because it has Muhammad. That was, you remember when that was a big thing in Comedy oh, Central? Yeah. yeah. So it's definitely. I got the DVDs. Is it an early season? Yeah, you probably, yeah, it's on the, I think on the original DVD release, but it's totally been scrubbed from the internet and uh, they like only aired it one time and never Same as it. that uh, Aqua Teen Hunger Force episode where Shake becomes black. <laughs> oh man. That's gone too. Uh, Aqua Teen Hunger Force. So Victor, he goes to his weird neighbor. He's like, hey, what's the name of that priestess that you just let break and enter my home <laughs> and uh, start waving around her sage? Uh, let's get her on the horn. And he goes and meets her at some random grave where yeah. she's just blessing things and she kind of gives her backstory. She's making a root concoction. Yeah. And she says, if you take something, because it was like roots of a tree that were growing in a graveyard. She's like, if you take something, you have to put something back. Hmm. I thought that would play a role, but uh, no, it doesn't really. She's just an herbalist, right? She's she, just she making root work. So yeah. like, I don't want to dismiss it and be like, oh, it's voodoo because it might be something different, but they no, never it, give it is, a name. It is different. Yeah. It, I, they, they actually do give a name. I don't remember what it's called, but she says it's based off of um, African religious like things they did and the slaves brought it over and then they used what they could find on the plantations and they used the roots and the, the vegetation they could find from the, the ground they worked and stuff. And they used that because they believed so heavily in it. Um, so it's kind of like that. It's definitely not voodoo, yeah. but um, it's some kind of like traditional herbalist type thing that they brought over from Africa. One of, one of the weaknesses of not having this on streaming, we can't go back and review stuff. Yeah. It's like just going from the memory of the movie, but so she's on board to come past, help. The pastor from... The pastor. Pa pastor. <laughs> Louis Pasteur comes. <laughs> uh, the pastor from Hannah's parents' church comes. The neighbor comes with his, his beliefs. Uh, and the priest is supposed to show, the Roman Catholic priest. And he comes the day of, and he's like... Well, the night of. The night of. Right, well, why do this at night? There's a whole montage scene where they're basically like getting everything ready. Like the, the, the root lady is like drawing symbols on the ground. She's like, the whole point is we're going to get them together, get them to travel through this circle where they can meet and they're vulnerable. And then the priest is supposed to show up with like his Catholic stuff and do his whole shenanigans. Right. They're bolting two chairs back to back where they're going to strap in the girls Great during this visual exorcism. Effect, though. Like this yes. was a, from a filmmaking perspective, these shots, the way they were like framed and stuff. So well done. At first when he was testing, he was using like two shitty diamonds chairs and I was like mm, they're gonna fuck those chairs up but then he got more sturdy chairs for the actual event yeah. it's like all right good thinking sir and Hannah's parents almost seem like they're on the periphery of this whole plan right. to a degree like they never there isn't enough screen time for both Angela and Hannah and Angela gets most of it so you see Hannah in like five scenes of the movie well because Hannah's parents are very fundamentalist like non-catholic type Christians well, her and mom so, is all in though well to no, no, no I know but if I'm I had like, to guess they seem like they might have been of the Methodist persuasion. Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking too. Really? The thing yeah, is, I was thinking maybe Baptist. Okay, Baptist. Yeah, yeah perhaps. Yeah, something like that. But like the thing is, they're very, I don't want to say frustrated, but they're very like unsure about bringing the, the herbalist root lady, bringing in the Catholic. Because again, they, they kind of subscribe to the whole like, if it ain't ours, it ain't real. And so they're real hesitant on this. So I think they're kind of on the periphery is that whole like, okay, we're in, but this seems kind of shady. Yo, this is why the civilians stay outside the room. You can't come in there with your doubts and your half beliefs. Chris McNeil's outside blind with a fucking flash. I'm like, just sit down. I've been to this before. See <laughs> <laughs> my first rodeo. And another, and maybe I missed this. So it'd be interesting to know if you two saw something I didn't. When they're setting it up, they, they, they flash to a needle 
with some medicine. Mm-hmm. They, yeah. they fo- and what comes of that? Nothing. Okay, thank no, you. No, no, they, they actually use it. Why? So they, because Anne comes in and is like, hey, they're coming too. So when they bring them to the place, they sedated them to get them in the chairs tied up and everything like that. And then they started coming too. Well, I think what John means is like, they focus in yeah. on that. Like it's going to play some role of like. Like, like Chekhov's needle. Yeah, yeah. Oh, like yeah, they're going to no, stab yeah. it in it's somebody's really, it's eye. It's really just to sedate so they can get them in position. Right. That's all it is. So yeah, then don't show me something they just used. You normally in movies when you do that, you show me something they're going well, to Well, they use. did. They showed it before. They showed it during the montage of the setup and then... But again, it was so like... Yeah. So quick. It, yeah, it was right it, there. It feeds me... Superfluous right. to the rest of the plot. Ooh, it's like... Nice fucking work, yeah, dude. Yeah, the movie like the audio comes down. Everything's out of focus except for this needle. I, I see what you're saying, but yes, that's what that needle was for. That's how movies focus on the murder weapon <laughs> yeah. or something, right? You I'd like the Lost Boys-esque bathtub that the Root Lady was making all the, the concoction yeah. in. I was like, that's kind of cool. I was like, oh, I don't want to pay in the ass. That's going to be the cleanup. <laughs> they need to do an Omen Exorcist crossover where Damien gets possessed. Well, Damien is the actual devil, though, so he would be Could the devil the possession. get possessed by other demons? No, he's like the king of hell. Okay, never mind. These are cut, questions cut, cut that, that we are not qualified to answer. Uh, We're not qualified to ask them either, okay? <laughs> let's just be honest. So the exorcism... So it begins. Begins. Well, oh, wait. First the off. priest oh, shows whoa, 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 up. Whoa, right. Whoa. No, Mark's right. Nurse, nurse Nun Nan is outside. Nurse Nun Nan. Nurse Nun, nurse Nun Ann. Ann. Say that three times fast. <laughs> she's outside, and she sees the, the Catholic priest who is going to Automatic. officiate this whole thing, yeah. give it a little bit of credibility, and not just some makeshift plan. Which is really what this is it's what it feels like too uh he's like eh, it turns out they don't want me to do this uh and also a lot of times people die on both sides yeah. of this so think- i'm not gonna do it hold on hey some head cannon time <laughs> uh, just now no. just right now do you think he even got an answer from the church yes or was he just too scared to do it he did he wasn't he in the room when he got the uh the, no we, oh. we find out when he gets to the house and he's already shit in his pants he That's did he question. got the answer and then he's like people die all right on both sides and then he, <laughs> he goes into his car and he pulls out the exorcism book and hands it to nurse and he's like okay you got this dude. Yeah. <laughs> and he like basically gives Bible. her a prep it's talk. It's the Roman rites. Oh. Uh, and he gives her a prep talk or a pep, pep talk, talk to like, here, you're going to do this now. Disgraced nun. Yeah. This <laughs> is like, why you're shit. This is why he's a bad priest. Cause he's like, God works through all of us and you don't even need the Specifically priest. You in case someone yeah. dies. I was like, get that is Protestant talk right there. <laughs> no wonder they don't want you doing exorcisms. I'm just waiting for a scene of him, like driving off, rolling the windows down and shouting out some last command is like, yeah. don't feed it after midnight. <laughs> you know, some bullshit like that but no so he he bails out and they go inside they start everything up and the thing is he never actually leaves he no. sits in his car the whole time and prays correct yeah. because as just to kind of quickly jump around as they're doing the standard exorcism thing and they're all working together and doing their own unique little like you know ways of handling this um at some point victor has to go outside and he sees the priest in the car praying with his rosary beads He's like, the fight's in there, Father. Yeah, he's like, the fight's in there. And he goes back inside, and then the priest, the Catholic priest, walks in like the fucking Hulk from the Avengers. Well, they had already been doing a couple rounds with yeah. the demons at this point. And they're point. making literally no fucking progress. Not at None. all. None. It seems anything, the demon's stronger than when it started. And we get some cool scenes where, like, the girls start heart beating in the same unison. We see right. them, like, kind of react. Apparently, they stole some of them heart monitors from the hospital. Like, Why? Did, and, did Anne just, like, yeah. I'm going to check these out like it's a library. Many, she got the, uh, the syringe full of Many stuff. 
petty too. crimes, okay? Yeah, there's a lot of problems. Petty crimes, though. Petty crimes. Oh. I, I don't know about that. Them, <laughs> right. them heart machines are expensive. So finally, after like 20 minutes of them really getting nothing done, the demon's like, look, I'm going to give you a choice. One of us is going to live and one of us is going to die and you have to pick. And then Angela's like, yeah, dad, just make the choice you always wanted to make. You never even wanted me. This so just kill me now. <laughs> amazing. This was so well done. I know it seems very ham fisted, but the way she delivers that like, all right, tough guy, you get to do what you were supposed to do. You wanted to kill me, but you couldn't do it. And Victor loses it. The yes. man crumbles. And we have a flashback to when his wife is like, protect the baby and it cuts to him being like uh i choose my wife <laughs> and then it's like <laughs> he can chew i choose you and then he's holding the baby and you can tell though once he's like holding the child he's like you know what I, you know I, I love my kid and he grows into being a father but uh but yeah he definitely picked his wife yeah it's a it's a really really tough decision that's not a decision anybody should have no. to make it's terrible hence the sophie's choiceness of it all right now one of the things that does occur before the bishop enters the fight the fray <laughs> Anne is doing her best she's not a nun no she has been a nurse for 30 plus years at this point or something. The demonic possessed children look at her and be like, they start telling her about the abortion and she's worthless and really yeah. start chipping her down. The African priestess woman, and she's pouring uh, liquids around them and they seem to have really had their ass handed to them. So when the priest, the Catholic priest enters, you're, there's a whole sense that the crowd is like, hooray, we're going to turn this thing around. They you don't want to I mean? choose. So they're like, no, you can't make us choose. Don't make us choose. And then the priest comes in and you're like, oh, they won't have, they're like, oh, we don't have to choose. The Calvary has arrived. Right. <laughs> the, ba the reinforcements are here. But Victor and Hannah's mom were on the same page of like, we're not going to choose. Right. We're not no choose. Pick. And one of the things that everybody should just know, even if you're not in religion, is you don't believe a demon. They don't are, listen yeah. or don't believe a demon. They're always out to deceive you. Rule number one. I mean, I guess it's a, a spoiler, but we spoiled the shit out of this movie. They All they said is, one of us lives, one of us dies. You have to choose. They didn't tell them what the choice they're making is, what the name they're saying. Everyone assumed it was who's going to live. Also, the girls have a very good gozer of Ghostbusters voice going on. I was just waiting for it going, the choice has been made. Yeah. The traveler has come. <laughs> like, Wait a minute, I didn't demon. pick anybody. Who did you pick? I was amused by myself. Yes, that would have been great. So, so the priest comes in and he's like, you know, go in the Roman rite, really hit hardcore, no holy water. I noticed in this whole movie, they never use holy water. Strange, but he's, you know, going on and on and on. He, he finally touches their head. Never touch a demon. That's also a rule. It's one of the few rules they say over and over again, but he touches both of the kids. Wouldn't that be in that book he was holding? Almost certainly. Okay. Yeah. And the demon starts turning their heads together. The two kids start turning their heads, and the, then the father, the priest, can't talk anymore, and his head just makes a 360. Well, did you notice how the heads turned? So Angela starts turning hers first, so it's going so like when her neck is like almost as far as it can really go, the the bish, the priest's head, the, the Catholic guy's yeah. head is like almost to the point where it's about to snap. And then Hannah keeps turning picks her head, ah. picks it up. So it's like they hand the baton <laughs> off to complete the 360 twist to snap that dude's neck. That was a really cool effect. Pretty clever. Yeah. I thought they actually did the 360 head thing because they did that in the original Regan. No, because Angela's head gets pretty far back, but it does not 360. It does a lot of cuts. Yeah. So yeah. I, was, I, don't, I paid, yeah, I paid I close think attention he's right, to this, though. though. Yeah, they kind of they basically in tandem like... 
all right, you take over crack. And it was like, damn. So that's at least that's something they did with this dual possession thing. And I think they should have done more with this dual yeah. possession thing. It just felt underutilized. Give me two demons. All the video sort of spread the movie out. Because I would have loved some interplay between two demons, like who takes the lead, who like if they choose one girl, is that demon going to be pissed? You know, like, again, there's a lot of like conflict you can create by having multiple demons. Do they work together in tandem? But is there like, you know, I don't know. It was a missed opportunity, I think. I agree. It's a great premise that I think they should have built more with. So once they regain their wits, uh, Victor goes and gets the scarf and he puts it on Angela. And if you were wondering... Catholic priest is dead. Just laying there dead. They don't even cover him up. The man's neck is like sticking like almost out of his neck. It's really fucked. Good scene though. I like that. And he's just like, Angela, look, I love you. You're my kid. I know you're in there. You know, I'm sorry that this happened. Da, 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 And he's like getting through. Your mom meant nothing to me. It's all about you. (laughs) And he's getting through to her. And then the other demon picks up Hannah and is like, what about me? Pick me. me, Don't you love me? I don't want to die. And her dad is like, I choose you, Hannah. This weak motherfucker are behind the wall, not even looking his kid in the eye, not even in the same room, you piece of shit. He was out on the porch. No, he was in the kitchen. Crying. He was was in the kitchen on the floor, like crying. They also show him outside. Yeah, He's hanging around outside. That was like earlier. He was never brought in really to this. He's like, I choose you. Yeah, he yells it from the other room like, like, I can't watch my, like, I can't hear my daughter die. Opens the screen door and just yells it into the house. I choose you, Hannah. And everyone's like, no, 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 no. What'd you do? Yeah, and then Angela starts sort of levitating and um, dies, effectively. Seems to die, I should say. Well, the heart monitor would uh, indicate Just that. flat lines, mm-hmm. yeah. And then we cut to Hannah yeah. sitting in like water where they did their little spirit trick and we hear a voice go oh, out in the woods out in, in the that woods. like little bunker thing yeah in those stairs yeah. way back in the beginning Which is a flooded little bunker thing yeah. but yes and we hear a voice go you know I, I, I choose you Hannah and it was bam. always about you and it was like what the fuck and so yeah the demon's like I'm taking you both pulls her underground and Angela comes back to life do you know why he wanted Hannah because they talk about this in the movie because remember Earlier in the movie, at the very, very beginning, Angela was blessed by the voodoo Haitian priestesses. And earlier in the movie, about halfway through, Hannah's mom goes, we delayed her baptism by a week because he wanted her grandmother to be there. So she hasn't been baptized yet. But no, like, I I don't know if you guys caught that. But yeah, like, that's why he was like, he wanted Hannah because she was not actually like protected in any way. That may be true. And I I think when the parents start mentioning the baptism, I think that's more of them scrambling for why she got possessed in the first place. I don't know. John, you can correct me if I'm wrong. You know, you've seen more of these, but does baptism give you any sort of protection from being possessed or it's like a bulletproof vest? Yeah. Most movies don't actually talk about it at all. So I, but I I don't think so. Cause so quote unquote real life, you know, Christians are possessed all the time. If you were to, to buy into what, what the purpose of a baptism is to symbolize you washing away your sins and accepting Jesus Christ yeah. as your well, Lord and Savior, right? It's different based on denomination. So if you get baptized as a baby, it's to wash away the original sin. Original sin, yes. Of eating the apple and all that to get you a fresh start. If you get baptized as an adult and in those denominations, I do think that it's more wash away your previous life and now you're reborn as a Christian. Can baptism be used as like confession where you can get baptized multiple times, say you send you in to rewash it away and like be cool with God again? Well, luckily you can just go into a little box with a window and tell the priest all the That's bad stuff. Catholic, but if you're not a Catholic, do you have? Oh, it's even easier. You just go, God, I'm sorry, forgive me. You do your own penance, and you're done. Okay, 
All right, so you don't have to go through the whole baptism. You don't thing. have to you get wet at all. Straight up, just you can leave your swim trucks at home. Up. Okay. <laughs> so right. I don't think baptism provides any like protection. Now the the blessing of Angela could definitely have something to do with it. I think it that could, could, but I don't think the demon well, they can. Flash, they flash back to it, like so. I definitely think it was like Chekhov's blessing. I'm sure they would. Yeah, have that in I guess some that's degree. fair. So in this movie, in this quote unquote happy ending, a like 13 year old girl was just dragged to hell, like dragged me to hell for all to suffer for all eternity because her dad couldn't shut the fuck up. Yeah. These are the breaks, my dude. More or less. How it goes. Yeah. So in case you lost count, listeners, Hannah soul went to hell and Angela is left alive. So much like demons are wont to do, they deceived the parents into making a choice and the demons went against that choice. Because the power of love prevails. Thank you, Huey Lewis in the news. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Some parents weren't listening to their sermons. Boy, they go on and on about how the demons are deceivers. Well, I think the mom like really took to heart like what was going yeah, was, on, but the dad, the dad just seemed kind of like a, which again goes back to what was his fucking sin stuff that he was apologizing for. Like, <sighs> what has he done? What like What is his backstory to, maybe he is a flawed dude. Right, we you don't know enough about him for him to have played such a critical role role in this movie. That's fair. I can agree with that statement. So during the end scene, uh, yes, Angela starts levitating out of her chair. Uh, there is a puke vortex that turns into some puke portal. I was <laughs> like, ah, I like that. Yeah. that. I don't know if I've ever seen that before. I thought something might come out of it, but nothing really does. It just opens a hole in the ceiling. And as this has happened, we're flashing to pictures of the, the demon monster that mm-hmm. is like taking Hannah. Hey, those were like, cool. Yeah. Again, Supposedly that was supposed to be way more in the movie. I don't know how much way more, but it was supposed to actually like have a presence in the movie. That would have been fucking rad. The thing looked creepy as shit. But is this the scene you thought that felt out of place? The puke vortex, again, I like the concept of it, but again, everything we had seen in this had never shown us that a vortex of vomit could basically open a portal to some other place. It felt very visually out of sync with the rest of the film. If it had been like the black and it just got so dark, it looked like something could come through. I would have been okay with that. But when it starts whirlpooling, yeah, that's when I kind of was, was like, oh, this is an effect that was unnecessary. It's also like a lot of steam going on. And we didn't mention that during this whole exorcism, uh, the African priestess woman, when she sprinkles some of her concoction on there, some like this heated steam rises out of their bodies. And then she goes to light a, uh, I think it's sage. a fireplace or yeah. something. And the, the smoke comes in and takes away that steam. And I was okay. Like, and when we say come in and takes the steam, it actually moves on its own volition up to the exorcism smoke and like kind of consumes it. And everyone's like, oh, wow, wow, wow. Look at this. The powers, you know, mm-hmm. I was okay with that effect. It really was the the vortex on the ceiling that just looked out of place. It was a visual effect that just did not gel with what we had seen or come to expect so far. Yeah. And I liked all that, but one of my other very minor, but whatever issues with this movie is an issue I have with a lot of exorcism movies. They keep going. You don't believe, right? The dad, Victor doesn't believe the other dad. And it's like, look what you are fucking seeing. Okay. You don't, how can you, you believe that your daughter is possessed, but you don't believe that exorcism could help. Like what is there to left to doubt at that point? And I hate when that happens. It, like in the original exorcism, it makes a little sense because Things are pretty subtle until the end, and then shit starts flying around the room or whatever. But for the most part, it's things that you could will yourself to be like, nah, there's a scientific explanation for that. Here, it's like, what the? There is no scientific information for a smoke monster battle, okay? Like, what the <laughs> fuck? Yeah, it's a good point. Uh, movie shows that Angela does go back to school. Um, she's normal. Yeah, we fade to black after all this, yeah. after Angela comes back to There's life. like a lot of cops are there. And-, and for no good reason, we get the scene where Anne, the nurse, is in the uh, police station telling the detective what she thinks evil is. For no good reason, 
Someone's being held accountable for the three, the two people that died, a child and a priest inside yeah. a house with a group of people. That's the scene I wanted to see. She's the fall Not girl. a monologue from a nun. <gasps> that's ding, the, ding. That's in the criminal justice system, yeah. there are two separate equals groups. Those that, who prevent exorcisms and those who get tried for them. These are their stories. That's the exorcist part two. It's not a legal thriller. A la, was it the last exorcism? Emily Rose. Emily Rose. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're going to get well, another the Conjuring one Conjuring three had the, uh, the whole court thing too. Remember? See? So that's Can true. you be tried for murder if you were possessed? Nobody Answer, was. Yes. Also, oh, wait, they were innocent. Yeah. I don't remember that one. Don't forget <laughs> the girls didn't even lay a hand on the priest. Yeah. I mean, man, I don't know how they're going to you, snap that motherfucker's neck. For all you know, he spin his own head around. <laughs> yeah. Really bad chiropractor job. It was, yeah. <laughs> it's just trying to adjust. So yeah, this is where we get the whole, like, I, I think one of the big messages of like, what is evil? Evil is basically what I think is we're born to this world with hope and love. And the devil just wants to ruin that. If he can take that away from us, he wins. It's not about taking our souls. It's about like making us not believe in good. Yeah, the movie's message is really muddled. It's like believe in hope, but also believe in community. And also all religions are the same and equally valid, which is all great, but like very confusing to all put in a to believe stew. in something, no yeah. matter what it is. Believe in believe. something bigger than yourself and positive. So at the very end of the movie, we cut back to blinded Chris McNeil and N walks a somebody. A somebody. <laughs> you can't see your face yet, but you can see how old the hands are. And the hand grabs Chris's hand and goes, Mama, Mama is me. It's your baby breaking. That's not the exact words, but that's more or less what happens. And she goes, I believed you would come back and see me someday. And I was like, okay. And if you were in my theater, the guy next to you goes, bullshit. <laughs> and I was like, okay, fair point. Yes, that point, that scene was infuriating. It's terrible. We did not need that. In fact, I loved the idea of Chris's character not knowing if her daughter was still alive and still having faith through all this that she had to be okay. Isn't that a whole parable in the Bible? Doubting Thomas, right? Or whatever? Like, mm-hmm. uh, but it, whatever. That's the I didn't, the it movie. actually didn't bother me. I didn't, I didn't care about that scene at all. I had no, and, was, and no reaction to it. I was just it like, was okay. the same thing as fucking Insidious 5, where at the end it's all like, maybe you could stop by for dinner and have fun with the kids. And he's like, okay. I was like, dude, enough with this. Everything has to be right in the world bullshit. Sometimes things are just the way they are. I don't know. I think if your mom got her eyes stabbed the fuck out of her head, you might be like, all right, I should check in on her. Maybe, but you've <laughs> abandoned her for all this time. Why suddenly be like, uh eh. Well, I don't think it, it's why, because she was violently attacked and maimed. Also, your mom's fucking with exorcism again. As someone who went through an exorcism, maybe you'd be like, sorry, mom, you're on your own on this one. It's like, you know, a drug addict. They started using it again. You wouldn't be like, oh, I should be there now. You're like, no, I, I got to keep ties cut. Well, this movie loses a whole two and a half points for having legacy characters in it. Wow. wow. This movie would be much That's better. A bold point statement right there. This movie would be much better without any of that in there. Because they could have given more screen time to Hannah and her family. They could have fleshed out some of these new characters without having to rely on Exorcist from 1973. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, I didn't, I didn't take away two and a half points. I don't remember what I gave this on Letterboxd. I think it was four stars. It might have been three and a half, which is about what I rated here. Fear it floats in between there. But it didn't, you're right. It didn't need legacy care. This isn't the kind of franchise that has such a appeal for legacy characters, in my opinion. It's just like, okay. Good. Nice seeing you. <laughs> and ultimately, I'm going to choose the canon that has Exorcist 3 in it, and yeah. albeit Exorcist 2, yeah. but I'm going to say this right now. I think The Exorcist 3 is my favorite Exorcist movie. Okay. I like it more than the original. I think the original is great, but that third one to me is just something else. 
John, you gave it four stars, by the way. All right, I gave it four stars, which is what I said. Three and a half, four. You know. I thought, I just wanted to clarify for the audience. Thank they you. They wanted to know. Well, they should go to my letterbox and follow me, where I, you'll see that I watch way fewer horror movies than you think. Who watched uh, When Evil Lurks? Because that movie was fucking awesome. That movie is rad as hell. Was that you, Mark? It was me. Okay. It's great. Well, I haven't the seen movie's creepy. That's way better than this one. Yeah. Okay. By a lot. It's on streaming yet, though, right? It'll be on Shutter soon. Okay. I was expecting a mid-credits scene of some sort. Me too. Something. I was to like, show why this needs to be a trilogy. I was like, okay, I missed the Saw one. I better not make that mistake Wait, twice. Wait, was there not a mid-credits? I thought there was because the lights there were was, out for... There was not. No, uh, I okay. sat through the whole thing. I was like, fuck me. They kept the lights off for like half the credits and then like they came, the house lights came up and I was expecting something too. So I was like, oh, we're running credits where we still got the lights down? Something's going to happen. Mm. I didn't stay till the end of the You also credits. don't get until the credits. You don't really get to hear the classic Exorcist theme. They kind of tease you with it and never, never play it. When the possession it. first happens, we get a little bit of that. Yeah, they yeah. tease a little bit, but that's about it. Which yeah. I'm kind of glad. I fucking, that, that song's a banger. Slaps. If you're a fan of The Exorcist, would you recommend someone go watch this movie? I mean, yes, I don't understand like the vitriol and the hate this movie gets. You'd think we are watching like The Room. Like, like it's just like the worst thing that was ever put on celluloid. Oh, hi, Pazuzu. Yeah, it's like, it's not that bad. It's a competently made horror film. Is it exceptional? Like, no, but you know, I enjoyed it. I got some good jump scares. I like possession movies, that helps. But if you're a fan of The Exorcist, you probably like possession movies. So yeah, I mean, if you're a fan of The Exorcist, you've probably seen way, way fucking worse. This if, is like the third best one. If you're a fan of exorcism movies, yes, you're going to dig this flick. Yeah, I agree. I think I might choose Exorcism of God over this one. Oh, oh that was a fun that one. was a fun one. Mm -hmm. What's the one that we saw at the theater? Uh, Pray for the Devil. Pray for the Devil. That's one of the first Lady Exorcist. Yeah. 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 That one was written poorly, but had a really cool concept. Yes. Yeah, to clarify, it's the third best Exorcist franchise film. Uh, Not the third uh, best Exorcism film ever. Noted. Okay. Yeah. Because, I mean, it's competition underneath it is Exorcist 2, Legion, Exorcist the Beginning. Those are some bad movies, especially Exorcist 2. If you've never seen it, it is a fucking fever dream. <laughs> <laughs> How does that one end exactly? Uh, it, so it's all about locusts, and they do this possession, and a bunch of locusts come and attack this house. And, and it's Regan again? It's Re Reagan. Yeah, Reagan again. And it's got to do with- You Regan the whole episode. I wasn't going to correct you. It's got to do with hypnotism and a flashing light, and that reawakens, and it's just so bad. It's so bad. I and it couldn't sleep. Uh, uh, Chris McNeil's actress back. So instead it's Sharon, uh, who's like her live in oh. help. And in the first movie shows up in the second. It's Oh, but you know who is in it? Uh, Nurse Ratchet or whatever. Oh, really? From, from One Flew of the Cuckoo's, Cuckoo's Nest? Nest. Yeah. Nice. Oh, okay. She plays like the, uh, she plays, believe it or not, a very strict, mean doctor. No. Who She does eventually believe in exorcism, but at first she plays the straight character. So that's, we would all recommend it to some varying degree. I, I don't think it's necessarily bad. I just think it's weighted down by its legacy. Yeah. I would say stream it, right? You don't need to go to the theaters to watch this. Definitely when it comes like on VOD, don't pay $20 to watch it. But when it's going to be on HBO or, or something, Paramount, whatever, just watch it there. Yeah, it's a very competent film. 100%. Like you said, he's a good director. Yeah, he is. I wonder how he would fare with somebody else's work. Yeah, it's like a, like a Lucas situation. <laughs> I'm going to give him a lot of leeway because he gave me Halloween 2018. And that was just out of the park. Yeah, I think his storytelling style fits better for there being a big bad, yes. which is harder to do when it's a nebulous demon concept. Less like concepts of good and evil. Yeah. And, you know, like, because again, he tried a little bit of that in Halloween Ends. 
Evil but Dies Tonight. Some of that. No, that was Halloween Kills. Oh. Halloween is the one with the uh, the new Michael Myers. Oh right, fuck that. Movie. And that one had like <laughs> that one had some threads that just didn't go anywhere. I can see but. some parallels to Halloween Kills, focusing in on the people and less on the uh, monster yeah. slash demons. Oh, I didn't talk about the absolute fucking worst part of this movie. Uh. That. that in retrospect, I should have taken off a whole star. Probably why it only got four stars. At some point in the exorcism, uh, Hannah looks over and is like, does the power of Christ compel me? And uh, I was like, fuck you, movie. Yeah. <laughs> I was yeah, I was genuinely curious, John, because as our as our resident exorcism-like fan, I was like, how did you... Because I know you liked it, yeah. but I was really curious to hear what you liked about it. And it sounds like we all kind of had the same takes on it in, in general. But I don't know if I'd go four stars. I'd definitely give it a three. Because again, it's not a bad film. It's just you have to get past some storytelling um, concepts that you know that you you got to be willing to accept some things, yeah. or else you're not going to have a good time. Well, that's our thoughts. Anything else you want to mention before we wrap? Happy New Year's, 2024! Woo! That's the last time you're going to hear from us, probably. Yeah, it's been real, listeners, and we're going to enjoy our vacation and be back. We'll still have our social medias up there. If you want to get a hold of us, you can message us on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. Uh, we'll hit you back with some more information as we move into 2024. We appreciate everybody that's been around uh, listening to us run our mouths about our opinions on films. Rate, subscribe, like, all that shenanigans. You don't have to actually subscribe or like. Just, you know. Don't listen to him. Subscribe and like. Just, of course. You want to get these fresh Grave Talk tunes. You, you know, feel it. free to tell us how sexy our voices are. You know, we live for this. Yeah. Like that's our, our self-esteem is literally based off how you guys think this podcast goes. So please, you know. 100%. <laughs> All right. Thanks for joining us. Have a good day. Have a good day. Have a good year. See you later. I'm Ron Burgundy. 